Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The real bling ring has to be the first time everyone's stories, everyone's recollection of practically every single event mentioned contradicts every single person's version. Like down to, you know, Alexis's mom saying it was the girl's idea to become models. And both both Gabby and Alexis being like, no, that was definitely our mom. And obviously Nick and Alexis, their version of events. This is the like, I think this is my first time in all of my true crime viewing experience. It's like, wow, we legit don't know. We don't have it was like really a lack of clarity, especially have it's all these years later. Hi, by the way, welcome to She Speaks Bravo. I'm Emily. And look, I'm going to get all the way into this. As you can tell by the time, by the length of this, by the length of this podcast, this is a very long, detailed episode. So I'm just here to say that if you are not already subscribed, maybe think about subscribing. Because in addition to my true crime, I also cover tons of Bravo, hence the name. I'm finishing up Atlanta, Beverly Hills, and Southern Charm, and soon to be covering Salt Lake City, Potomac, and Winter House. And I'm thinking of picking back up and doing my, I was doing the vintage VPR recaps, and I think I was doing season two, might have been season one. I'm thinking of going back and picking those up because those are fun. But TBD, it's a, it's a lot to do all of these. But if any of the shows coming up, meaning like maybe Winter House. If any of them are duds and I'm just like, we're not having fun, then maybe I'll drop one of them and do that. We'll see. TBD. Um, if you're already subscribed, love you. Thank you. Anyway, let's just get into it because you've got a long listening experience ahead of you. Hey, I can be the answer. I'm ready to dance when the vamp up. Then when I hit that dip, get your camera. You can see you've been that to the camera. And the digging that young sister beacon. Heck yeah. Hi, Emily. For those not watching on YouTube, you're really missing out on some fantastic get-ups. <laughs> we have our usual uh, true crime ensemble mixed with a little, a little glam, a little bling in honor of the bling ring. Blingy. Blingy ringy. <laughs> Okay, let's get right into it. Uh, okay, pre-credits. I love this disclaimer. The following contains dramatized scenes, and it's based on police reports, court records, and sometimes contradictory first-hand accounts. That is the best summarization of what <laughs> we just saw ever. And I will put a disclaimer. I tend to turn off documentaries that do dramat dramatization scenes because it feels I'm in the true crime world of watching, I have evolved from like your what like oxygen type mm -hmm. sh shows where it was all dramatization. Now I'm like, I need the real nitty gritty. 
I am Barbara Walters in here. I am a serious crime watcher. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Me too. No, I needed to be like the. I want to just have interviews with the real people. Yeah. Don't show me. Cut cut the fluff. Cut the fluff. Yep. Um, Fun fact. I actually did do a dramatization on oxygen once. I was just going to ask you, have you ever encountered that in your acting career? Yes, I did it. Oh, no, it was it wasn't oxygen. It was own Oprah's channel. And it Mm. was um, uh, one of those. it was unfaithful. The series was called Unfaithful, like people mm. who cheat. And I was in a recreation where this guy who has sex addiction, he's a he was a famous basketball college coach. And I was like one of the reporters. It was this when I was living in New York. So it was very cool. Anyway, you were the reporter. Yeah, I was a reporter that he was like sleeping with. <gasps> did you have a sex scene? I I did. <laughs> were you we like, were kissing? Um, we were, we were, it was more of like, this is, this is, this isn't, um, HBO here. This is own. So it was just more of like, we were, I was in lingerie in front of like a, in, in a hotel, like jacuzzi. And Mm. we were just like, you know, being sensual. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I have never in my, in my very brief, like actual acting career, because I only did like high school theater and then a couple auditions and was was like I don't like this. <laughs> um, I never did any kind of love making sensual stuff, and I always thought I would just giggle and not be able to do it. I mean, it is it is awkward, but you know, what's the what's the most like sexiest scene you've ever done? Is that, that it? That was it. Like oh, I've okay. never ha- I've never been a position. Oh, that's actually not true. That's not true. I did. Um, I did a play in college called. Um, uh, crap, I can't even think of the name right now. Whatever it's it's I did a play it was a modern adaptation. Oh, in the blood is a modern um, adaptation of the Scarlet Letter. And I play the lead mm-hmm. H- uh, Hester. Uh-huh. Oh, and yes. and so in this play, Hester, to make it modern, she's just homeless. And she has like a whole bunch of different fathers that fathered her children. And. One of the fathers is a priest and I had to simulate a blowjob in theater in the round theater in the round. Ooh. I don't know and if you don't know what that means. That means that there are audience on all four sides of you. So we had to maneuver it to make it look like so all four sides would really feel like I was giving this man a blowjob. And my grandma went oh. to see that show, oh. by the way. <laughs> my, it was my best work. It was your best. I'm not, well, you I'm know, not even proud kidding. Of it. I'm proud not even of it. kidding. It was my best work, but there was that scene in there. And I almost I told my family, I was like, maybe you don't see this show because the show is really good in general. But there, because of this scene, I was like, maybe don't come to see this. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. We're going to come. And my grandma legit said, it's not you. Oh. That's not you up there. It's just the character. Oh, good. She, they love that show. They loved that show. So, yeah. oh, but yeah, okay. Full fi- all my family came to that. Oh, my God. <laughs> when you got to that scene, were you very aware? No, I because I were in character. I, I was very I briefed them wholeheartedly on what to come, what was to come so that that way I could not have to think about it. But I, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That was a fun detour. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So. It, this is like the pre credits. So Nick and Alexis are like talking about the day they were arrested. There was a SWAT team, blah, blah, blah. And Nick and Alexis, they were the big names in the whole thing. We see shots of Paris Hilton, Orlando Bloom, Ad- Adrena. And 
then Alexis goes, I'm feeling like I have a lot of regrets right now. And they're like, about doing this? She goes, mm-hmm. And then, boom, the real bling ring, Hollywood heist. All right. So we see, like, news coverage. I love how they call them the bling ring, a gang of youths. I don't I just I just like people being I like people being called youths. I don't know. Yeah. Why. It's so like old timey. The youths, the youth out of control. <laughs> a bunch of youths. I love it. Um, Alexis, her last name, I believe now is Haynes. I, I, think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Alexis right? Nyers. Yeah. But formerly Nyers. Yeah. Formerly Nyers. And so Nick and Alexis are both doing voiceovers throughout. And it's like it's kind of cheesy, right? It's like you yeah. probably want to know, you know, how we got here. But first, we have to start with the from the beginning. And I will like, tell you immediately when that happened, Emily, I was like, this is going to be shit. Me too. I, was, I really was like, OK, I'm going to watch it because I'm oh, I love the story. I mm-hmm. followed the story for many, many years. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to for that reason alone, I'll stay in it. And obviously, because we're going to do the podcast, so I had to watch. Um, but it does get better. And I was like, you know what? It For this, you need you need the theatrics. You need and it. and Nick was more than happy to give theatrics. Are you kidding me? That Nick man was too happy to give. let me oh tell you, my. that man did not learn a lesson. No, he what the t- the only real, true, obvious takeaway is Nick. Did not feel Nick has not learned no he doesn't he, feel bad he feels no remorse i don't think he feels zero like i think honestly i was like even looking at his wardrobe i was like oh my did you did you boost that from somebody because i was like oh what you- yeah yeah so he grew up in the san fernando valley and here's a flashy realtor to explain and they no let me go off for a second you guys okay because if anyone listens to my bravo especially Beverly Hills podcasts, you know that I am like the Los Angeles, like stop shaming people for where they live in L.A. person. And along comes Josh from Million Dollar Listing to of shame course. people from where for where they live in L.A. I hated that part so Me, much. Get him the fuck out of there. Josh, first of all, Josh is my least favorite Me too. person on Million Me Dollar too. Listing because of that reason. He is. The thing is, guys, let's just preface this. I watch I like I don't know. Do you watch Million Dollar Listings? Yeah. I do. I love the million dollar listings. I watch all of them like, well, there's only two. Um, but I hate him because he is so arrogant on the show and he gets so mad and gets in drama with people because he is like this guy that you can tell was not probably the coolest growing up. Mm-hmm. And now he's has money and he's just so flashy. He needs to always be the top dog. And it just like as soon as I saw him, I was like, great. This is just going to be this is so up his fucking alley. Totally. He's like, they don't call it La La Land for nothing. Oh, God. He was like the the dialogue they gave him was so cringe. The yeah. cars, the supermodels, the celebrities. L.A. is a place of the haves and the have nots. I wanted to punch him. But that is how he actually sells real estate. I know. Emily, isn't it? No, I know. It's I, ridiculous. What... It's it's so cringy. Like whenever he's giving a tour, he does that kind of shit and it drives me nuts. Once uh, once you cross that mountain, the p- people who didn't make it in L.A. live in the valley. This is the most 90s terminology ever. Honestly, I felt personally attacked because I'm sitting up near my North. I was like, I'm like, I'm watching this fucking show in my North Hollywood. 
fucking luxury apartment, bitch. Like, yeah. this no, is this a, is a fucking nice fucking apartment building. This is just such it's like it's 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 bullshit is what it is. It's I don't want to. I was I. OK, anyway. Anyway, he says, once you cross that mountain, the people who can't afford to live on this side, it's a sense of normalcy. And I was like, well, that that doesn't sound bad. Shut up, Josh. Please don't. I can't. So anyway, moving on from him, we'll keep we'll keep getting him, unfortunately. Yeah. So Nick Rip in Granada Hills. It's interesting that his dad's face is blurred out because he's like, uh, uh-uh, I do not want to have anything to do with this. A lot of people, which I will get into, like Tess is not happy with this. I'm Pia and I already know, but like Tess is really not happy with this coming out. A lot of people are very unhappy with this Netflix documentary coming out. Yeah. Uh, Nick wanted to be an actor. And he's like, I did extra work on Zoe 101 on Nickelodeon. And he's like, it wasn't the acting I was enjoying, per se. It was the experience of the cameras and the attention. It wasn't like the actual craft of acting. And then the producer says, did you want to be famous? And he goes, no, it was deeper than that. No, no, it wasn't. What you just described is you want to just be famous and you'll be famous no matter what it is it's like because if you didn't want to be famous then you would have enjoyed the craft of acting because not just be, you can be a really um great actor or even a successful actor and not be famous you know what i mean yes. so it, it, it that is the, the the problem you had like you wanted the fame aspect of acting you know who's a great example of that alana Ubach. i think i don't maybe i'm not pronouncing her last name right she's the mom on euphoria yes great example of that she's an She's an act. She loves acting, but she's not trying to get famous. Right. She's just going to she's just enjoying the fact that she gets to make a living acting and really getting to do good work. And it has nothing to do with what some people will get from doing that. You know, exactly. So now we go over to Oak Park, which is in Ventura County, and we see Alexis and so Alexis had a very different upbringing. Her dad was the DP on Friends, which I didn't Huge. realize that. That's Huge. crazy. Um, so then we also meet Andrea or Andrea. I think it's Andrea. That's how you pronounce Alexis's mom's name. Is it? Is it Andrea? I'm just trying to think of when I because I did watch Pretty Wild uh, in real time, and I just don't remember anyone calling her Andrea, but let's maybe. we're going to call her Andrea. We're going to call her Andrea because if she okay. if it is Andrea, she changed it to like sound cooler. I feel okay. like <laughs> I, I don't remember. Um, So she's like, I was playing a sexy role on a sitcom and that's where I met Michael, Alexis's father. And Alexis is like, yeah, you know, he wanted the pretty hot young thing. And then eventually it just also became about them partying. And my mom had been using cocaine for many years. And when she had kids, she wanted to grow up, but my dad did not. And Andrea's like, one day the girls came home and they had their nails painted. And I was like, oh, who painted your fingernails? And they're like, oh, Amy painted them. We had dinner at her house. She's like, oh, who's Amy? And so she goes, so my marriage was over. Oh, God. Yeah. And Gabby is Alexis's sister. And she's like, I just remember my mom hysterically crying in the bathroom because her life had fallen apart. And what's interesting is that this very wealthy man um, clearly wasn't going to give her any money because they like moved nine times and clearly hadn't they had no support from him. 
I wish they had elaborated on that Me a little too. bit more. I know it doesn't it doesn't really matter to the story necessarily, but like I'm interested. He, they must have had a really ironclad prenup because California, he, she should have got half. Right. So there must have been an iron child support. Yeah. Something. Or were they ever legally? Were they married? Were they legally married yeah. or was it? OK, so then they must have wait. Iron- didn't they say that? I uh, know. I, I know he that said were- my marriage was over. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know how sometimes people are like married in like spirit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. they've been together and that's their partner and they just consider it their marriage, even though it's like maybe not legal, like kind of like Katie and Tom did for a while. They never had like the license for like a long time. Remember, maybe because she did not like like you said, it must have been. Well, what an idiot. Why would she get with the man? who's all rich like that and sign a prenup. It's like, bitch, if we break up, you get nothing. She did not think that through. She didn't think. Well, I mean, her judgment. Mm. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So that I mean, it makes sense that she would just be like, well, whatever. We're going to be married forever. Like, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. Yeah, no. So anyway, while that was going on, Nick says everything was going great up until puberty. And so he talks about how he starts breaking out. But then unfortunately, he realizes that he's having crushed. He's getting crushes on guys and have feeling gay thoughts. And he's yeah. like, I know this is going to disappoint my dad. And he's getting really bad anxiety and it makes him he's not able to go on auditions. So he stops acting. And then in, at 15, they move to Calabasas and then stupid Josh comes in. Calabasas. Welcome to Calabasas. Which is also in the like I go to. So FYI, what my my clients are, my my escrow office that I work with all the time is in Calabasas. So I recognize where he was, where they were like showing. They were just by the way, they were showing like like where you go to a Ralph's and where you go to like a movie. It was not that big a deal. But when he was talking, like you're going to see stars like Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez. The, I'm like, you can see that in Encino. You can see that in Studio City. You can see that anywhere in the valley, by the way. Los like Feliz, sometimes you can see that everywhere in Los Angeles. So shut up, Josh. Like, yeah, he literally is, shut up. You are so right, Emily. <sighs> Josh's have it's what jo- how Josh is describing L.A. or California, whatever you want to call it, um, is and the 90s version of it, which was very true, like the very like, you know, like the scene in Clueless where it's like they talk about yep. the valley. And that is how he's describing it. Like he's from from he, she like he share from Clueless right now. Yeah. The geography of California. That is not <clears throat> correct anymore. No one abides by those rules anymore. Things are completely changed. And also Hollywood is kind of gross now. Like Hollywood I, is I, a scary place. <laughs> I literally moved to North Hollywood from Hollywood because I just couldn't take the disgustingness of how <laughs> it's gritty and gross. So please, Josh. Um, And I did. I related to this part where he said he was going to school, with people driving Range Rovers, Mercedes, and he was getting dropped off in a Honda. I went to school. I went to Immaculate Heart, which is, to be honest, from for the for the private schools in L.A. on the lower end of expensive like hardly on the upscale end, but like my, I, I wanted to be like with the popular girls, not popular, but like the mainstream popular, if you would call it that. And I remember my friend being all pissed off because her dad was getting her the black Jetta with the tan interior brand new off the, off the truck. And I was like, I'm going to get my dad's forest green 94 Camry. So shut up. But like, I, it didn't affect me in the way that it's affecting this kid. Like 
that's why I'm in no way sympathetic to him at all, because mm -hmm. I was aware that my parents or my dad, my so my mom and stepdad had more money than my dad because my parents divorced. But like it never made me want to achieve the same level as my friends and like steal and rob. Yeah, I feel the same way. I went to a private school, not in California, but like went to a private Catholic school and there were there, I guess, but in, there was just so many different levels of like, yeah. you know, wealth. But like I was definitely on the lower end and I never felt the need to do that either. Like I would just be like, I'm so happy to be like milking off of my like, yeah, you know, <laughs> rich friends. So it's just like, but I, it never made me be like, I need to like pretend or I was very honest about my my income level. I'm like, yeah. So if you want to hang out with me, I think you have to change the narrative. Like, listen, I'm cool without money. So yeah. if you want to hang out with me, you're footing the bill, honey. <laughs> like, And I was always like, my dad was always the coolest one that like didn't care if we like drank. So it was like, well, you can come to my house. My dad doesn't care. So like <laughs> there was that. <laughs> like, I don't know. Oh, like, yeah. Cool, that's, that's a cool factor right there. Yeah. So like it it just this I, I don't relate to him being like, man, like this was so rough. I think the only thing that I I mean, I none of his behavior is acceptable because it's insane what they do. But the only grasp of empathy that I can have for him is the fact that he, you know, is a young boy who is trying to figure out his sexuality and is scared to tell his family and want and maybe not knowing how to fit into any groups with still trying to not be openly gay. So that's the only thing, but that doesn't give you the right to do what they go on to do. So the, and then so this is interesting how they are. So, OK, Rachel is this friend that comes along and we meet this other friend of Nick's named Romy, who remembers him being shy. And then along comes Rachel and she was everything I wasn't. And Romy confirms like, yeah, she was into that fast life, but she was someone I wouldn't be friends with. And I feel like if there was no Rachel, there would be no Nick. And them together was a bad match. Rachel has come out and been like, I think maybe her representative has said this, like someone speaking on her behalf is like just to categorize her as the one who like, made Nick do all of this and she was the mastermind isn't true. I don't know if I necessarily believe everything Nick says, but I could also see that maybe someone who was already good at I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? Well, I just thought about this right now because I've seen a lot of different versions of this, so I'm not quite sure I need to look it up. But I could have swore that Rachel and Nick met at a school for like troubled kids. Like there's like this oh. off this offsite school. That like they a had charter to, school? Yeah, like because they were getting they had both been getting into a lot of trouble. And they like oh. they, the kids that are constantly getting in trouble, they had to like go into like a trailer like class. And I think that's how they initially met. I remember that version somewhere down the line of in a documentary or maybe another. There's there's an earlier movie than the bling ring that they did that may have said that, but I'm not sure I have to look that up. But at the end of the day, I think that um, it's just like when two people sh meet that are just they wouldn't do like one per like without the other person they probably wouldn't have gone on to do the things that they do they've done. Like maybe she was the bold one, but in the, like quote unquote, like more of like the leader of the two, 
but I don't know if she necessarily would have been doing what they did alone if she didn't meet Nick. You know what I mean? You could mm-hmm. go. You could, does that make sense? Yeah, because he really likes to kind of put it. He puts it all on her. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it takes a lot of kind of it. I wouldn't say he takes the. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Responsibility off himself. But it's 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 very much like Rachel wouldn't have liked me if I didn't keep doing these crimes. So that's right. why I kept and, doing the crime. And that's my issue with Nick. It's like he still hasn't grown from that and realized that that's just an excuse that he's given himself yeah. for what he did and what who he became. Rachel really relied on Nick to be able to do the surveillance and all that stuff. You were right. Oh, I was. Nyers said she knew that Prugo and Lee, both 19 and former classmates at Indian Hills, an alternative high school in Agora Hills. Yeah, because they were getting in trouble. Let me see what Indian. Hold on. Indian Hills. Let me look up Indian Hills alternative high school. Um, alternative school. That's what it means. Yeah. You were right. Like- Oh, my gosh. And I, I completely forgot about this because, like, again, this this whole story has been so interesting to me since day one. And I there again, there's an earlier movie before the bling ring movie. That's like a little bit more of like almost like a made for TV type movie that highlighted their meeting. And I think that's where I remember uh, seeing that part. But again, it could have been fictionalized for the movie. So I wasn't quite sure. Hmm. Well, Interesting. I might be wrong. I might I might be mistaken. I, I don't want to ruin. I don't want to waste any more time on this, but um, it is an alternative school. And I'm pretty sure that's what alternative schools are. Yeah, it is. like Yeah, I don't think that they did anything crazy, but it's just like just constantly in trouble. And they just needed to separate them from <laughs> the other kids. And it was in Agora Hills, which is it's not too far from Calabasas, but it's a little further away. So that means Nick wasn't an innocent little Right. Angel. That's what, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's, yeah that's, how, that's how we got here. Because it's like you can't say you can't that just put it all on Rachel. Like, yeah, you're some innocent little boy who got uh, manipulated by this like, diabolical to, woman. Like, yeah, we're trying no. to do is put a little bit more reality on this story because Nick is really spinning it and skewing it to make it seem like. Yeah. He was just this easily uh, influenced kid. And yeah. along came big, bad Rachel. Yeah. He was like, oh, man, I guess I'll commit crimes. And it actually makes me believe Rachel more because she didn't even do the documentary. Because she's like, she's like, listen, I was a kid. I did it. Yes. I'm done. Like, I don't yes. care. Like, yeah. I'm so done with this. I don't want to be famous. And Nick's like, I will do I'll do cute little segments in the doc. I'll talk yeah. to the camera. I'll do I will get into. It. OK, yeah. So. Uh, Nick tells the story of going over to a car, Rachel going over to a car and pulling on a door handle and it opens and she's just so nonchalant and carefree and she steals a purse. And they do this thing where they put up like this flash at the top left corner of the screen that says petty theft, max adult penalty, six months jail. They keep doing that. I kind of liked that because I was like, yeah, the, it kind of gave a gravity of what they were really doing. I've never exactly. seen anyone do it in the way that they did that because I'm like, oh, my God, that's yes. crazy. Just this one little thing that they did was a big deal. Like, 
And then they, they did kept so getting many. bigger and bigger and bigger. That's crazy. And they're like, and the next day we went shopping and we meet Lauren Messiah. I like these little, I like these segments that they, I like Lauren Messiah. I don't like Josh. I don't like yeah. his real estate stuff, but I like Lauren. Welcome to Robertson Boulevard. I'm Lauren Messiah and I'll be your personal stylist for the day. I liked that too. Me too. And they show like the paparazzi footage of Paris Hilton and Audrina and Lindsay shopping. And Nick describes, he's like, it wasn't so much that we were obsessed with the celebrities as we were obsessed with the stuff they had. And they keep using this footage, the creepy photo shoot that Nick does in the various fashions. Again, yet another thing, like all you see of Alexis is the one sit down interview. So yeah. here's Nick gave you a sit down interview. And now here's the second thing he gave a creepy photo shoot in like multiple outfits. So he's like, yeah, I'll do that. So they gave, he gave them that footage which was like a day of work okay so there's that and, I'm and sure then he actually he got paid for that day of work so he's trying to add on all these days exactly uh and so then they show credit card fraud max adult penalty three years jail that's crazy yeah like i mean so, it's not crazy the the time it's just like it's just like the amount adding of it up. that's pretty wild Oh, see what I did. Good. See what I did there. I liked it. Uh, estimated property value five thousand five hundred. Uh, Nick, Nick was like, I've always been the type of person to do whatever I had to do to get what I wanted. I just never thought it would reach the level of criminality that it did. Um, I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like you started out at the, a very high level of criminality. Uh, yeah. I feel so like opening I like, someone's car and stealing their wallet and using their credit cards. Is, that's a that's pretty high. That's crazy. That's a that's that's a really <laughs> crazy way to start your criminal cr criminal history. <laughs> some people shit. some people just take a, a pack of gum from the yeah. store. That's how they start. Little, they little get, shoplifting. And that's how they get their like juices going. Nope. You said, yeah, let's use those credit cards. And go to Robertson Boulevard. And Holy I mean, I know it's a different time, like it's the mid 2000s, but I still feel like it was pretty risky at that time to be using people's credit cards like that. You know right? what I mean? Yeah. Not the 90s where it just like would be. I feel like yeah. it's much easier. Like you had them whole big machine. And yeah. Like you're not it's easier. I feel like then. Yeah, I agree. So now we're in Calabasas of June 2007. Nick, one more time. I was not raised to steal, but with Rachel, it gave me that confidence. And I didn't want to give that up yet again. It's all Rachel. Um, so whenever they were leaving parties now, they were doing what they called checking cars or they were just like she would drive and he would or he would drive. One of them would drive and they would just go literally like pulling on cars in front of parties and he's all proud. He's like, you got good at it. It's like he's still proud of himself. Yeah. Still like currently in modern times. He absolutely is. Yeah. He would still be robbing if he could. A hundred percent. And he said one time Rachel opens the door and the only thing in there was a set of keys. So she took it. And the Grand Theft Auto three years in jail, which I was like, that's it. Also, I, the, I was super like, I know this sounds really bad. I was super impressed at the ballsiness of taking the car and knowing exactly how to like, yeah, get away with that. I wouldn't even begin to know if I like took someone's car right now. I'd be like, 
how do I what do I do with this? I'm going to get yeah. Yeah, like flagged like a yeah. minute. Like, I don't know. Nick, Rachel made everything seem more fine than it was. They st- so they stole new plates like those dealer plates and like switched them with temp plates and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Wouldn't even have thought to do that. That's like. They're good. They are good at, at it. They're good at crime. They are good at crime. He he is a born criminal. Yeah. 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 Like born criminal as it go, as it goes through it, like the way he talks to cops, he's just like he is. a. am not a born criminal because I'm I would just start. I would just start crying and be like, I'll tell you everything. I did it. I feel like I mean, I'm. I could adapt to criminal life, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I also have like terrible okay, guilt. Hot. I would have terrible guilt, so I wouldn't even enjoy the shit that I'm taking. So just I'd be like, someone's going to come after me at some point. I'd exactly. Be par- I would live a very paranoid life. Exactly. <laughs> there would be no joy. But he's like, it was a great feeling. I was feeling great, to be honest. Yeah, I would. I would not. I yeah, know he's mm-hmm. loving life. Um, OK, so now we go to Alexis. And her mom was racking up debt, buying machines like a cellulite machine and infrared light machines, but they had no income. Like, what does that mean when you have no income? So how are you buying these? So credit cards, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I just thought about it as I said it. Yeah. And so they had to file for bankruptcy. But then Andrea, she's like, I'm going to become a minister for the Church of Religious Science. And this is the whole like thoughts and emotions create the life we want first. It's the secret. Yeah. And when she said that, Emily, did you feel like as soon as she said minister of whatever this church thing is that you just described, I was like money. Mm. When people get into those type of weird. New wave churchy thingies, not all of them, but like these particular ones it feels like they get tidings and they get or like you know what I mean I was like she just got into this spiritual thing I was like there has to be some underlying income coming always that that we're not talking about it's yes guru type of shit where yeah it's LA so people pay for like random stuff like that like oh come to my seminar that's going to be five thousand dollars a minute um, it's going to last about an hour and they just make their money for the, the month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alexis describes this whole concept as capitalism at its finest. And it makes me want to barf. Andrea shows us her vision board. God, it has a million dollar bill on it. Uh, then they explain what an affirmation is. And Andrea reads the affirmation, which is all about working in the entertainment industry. And then that segues us into like how at this point everything shifted in the entertainment industry. So we bring in who better Perez Perez Hilton, of course. Here he comes, and you know he was just so excited to get an interview. He's it's so he's such a tragedy. He was like he is so thirsty, and I mean Mm -hmm. I'm guilty. I used to like be obsessed with his blog in the bit in the beginning because you did get all the hot gossip, but like he's yeah. He is super toxic and I cannot stand him. And he's so like, give it up already. Like, yeah, find something new. Yeah. But he's he's just there to explain, you know, how much easier 
to get on TV, it was with the dawn of reality television. So the first thing they show is Cribs and they show like Snoop letting them in. The, and this is what made reality made celebrities more accessible. And it's when we're first introduced to Amber and Jennifer, the TV producers of Pretty Wild. Oh, they seem sleek. Like, oh, you know what I mean? Like oh, they, yeah. they seem like the typical producers of a reality show that was very clearly there to get the story at any cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Osborne show was like the first of its kind. It's the first time we got to see celebrities in the home. I forgot just how like that was such a good show. I, it I, was I because lo- it was probably the most authentic reality show that we we've ever really gotten is the because it was the first. So it was like you'll never go back to the beginning when pe- before people knew what things could become and how right. like marketable they could be. Um, and it helped him get a whole new audience, help the family grow. And we meet Jim Moray or Jim Moret. I don't know. He's an entertainment news correspondent. We'll talk to him a lot throughout this. Um, and he talks about how this is when celebrities were born who were just famous for being famous. And they show Paris out clubbing. And you can see Kathy in the background. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, no, I didn't notice. Yeah. I mean, we're talking Paris looking trash, too. Like Paris is just wasted. She's like going out to the camera looking trashed. And you see Kathy just like in the background kind of dancing, watching her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So now anyone can be famous. All right. So Calabasas, July 2007. Nick says that they were they were, we were spending as much as we were stealing. And now at this point, we've cleaned out L.A. So we need another score. And this is when his friend or old friend, Eden, uh, posts on his MySpace that his family, they're going out of town. They're going to Jamaica. And so they're like, "Ooh, what can we do with this information? And they go check out his house and his fucking back door was unlocked. I mean, this is just people different times, different locked times. your doors. I've always locked my doors back um, in like every back it, door. When you go out of town in every decade, I've locked my doors. We're I home invasion. Please, people. I mean, um, and so Nick describes he's like, it was like an angel and a devil. And I kept listening to the devil. <laughs> I mean, there's no nice way of saying it. We decided to rob his house. Ridiculous. Just the, the way he's talking about it is so slimy. And then they show residential burglary, six years in prison. And he's like, it felt like we could be caught at any moment. And there was nothing really coming up. But Rachel goes to the parents' bedroom and finds $8,000 cash. And he says, it was like the high of your first paycheck. I mean, because like we were putting a lot of hours into this. He <laughs> sounded like he really like it was like we deserved it. And that's, again, why I'm saying like for him to then try to like, but it was really Rachel. I'm like, you're the one who gave provided the yeah. the person that you were the victim. Mm-hmm. You are the one that figures out the logistics of the actual how to actually accomplish it. To me, you're like the biggest portion of it, because I just don't even know. Rachel sounds pretty lazy. I feel like she just wouldn't. She, that's why she just opens the car doors like it's like it's it's the quickness of it. She's not trying to do the homework of it. Yeah, that's Nick's job. Yeah, the way he the way he's I mean, we were putting a lot of hours into this, like so we should get paid. No, dude. 
And then Alexis goes, her voiceover, while Nick was trying to fake it, I was trying to make it in Hollywood for real. So I feel are- like it's so petty, the back and forth uh, confessionals between oh, yeah. Nick and Alexis. It's so funny. I love it. I I, I know I was living for it. I was living like, for it. Oh, yeah. That that guy. Uh, <laughs> I was actually trying to be legit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for both of them watching each other mm-hmm. when they like see this. <laughs> so we're introduced to Tess, who watched this thing in just utter rage. Tess did not want to be included in this and has spoken out on social media about how mad she is. Let me read Mm -hmm. one of the story posts that she put up. She put up. um, You guys, I'm really not happy about how much I'm featured in this as someone who was asked to was asked to be involved and denied all caps that opportunity. I feel like I'm way too involuntarily involved in this project. We all know they got big checks for this. I, as usual, make nothing, LOL. And it's not just about the money, but come on. If they plan to use me this much, I should be compensated. Am I wrong for feeling this way? Four four question marks. I'm kind of heated writing this, so maybe I'm wrong, but I don't feel wrong. And she put a poll in there and 59% said she should not. So because she declined to participate, but 41% said she should be compensated. Yeah, I mean, I get what she's saying. She like declined, but they I mean, the thing is, I guess if I was in the poll, I would be with the 59% because you did decline. There was um. There was they made they you could have gotten a check and you and if you wanted that, then it would have been awesome if she did, because they would have had three different versions of the exactly. Story. And it's clear that she's obviously no longer really in contact with the Alexis's family and Alexis. So that would have been an interesting take. So, yeah, no, I don't really agree with her and her and her being that upset. And also you were so much a part of what happened that you would they can't omit you from the story. So and Tess also said her version of what happened is very, very different um, than what they said. So I'll get into that when we go through. I'm just like screenshotting what someone sent me about it. Mm. So I don't forget. Yes. Um, So according to Alexis, Tess has been in their lives since they were toddlers. And Tess asked if Andrea, if she could live with Andrea and that family. And Andrea notices, though, right away that they're just like smoking pot and doing drugs. So she's like, OK, girls, you need to start working. What do you want to do? This is this is like a direct quote because I needed to make sure I got this right. Tess and Alexis were extraordinarily beautiful young girls. They also had the law of attraction working for them. So Andrea describes that it was their plan to become models. But Alexis says it was all her mom's idea. And Gabby also says our mom really pushed for them to become models. So the producer even says to Andrea, like, are you sure it was their idea? And she's like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was absolutely their idea. So Andrea takes those girls down to downtown L.A. to get them fake IDs. This is like honestly they should have Alexis should never have been charged with her crimes her mother is responsible for all of that okay the photos of them in the underwear posing together and like 
Alexis now says she goes, I have daughters now and I just can't imagine subjecting them to that. Yeah. And Andrea goes, I mean, it's everything I had been doing my entire life from the time I was 14, using my looks and my personality to earn money. Girl. She's like literally the pimp to these yeah. two young girls. She really is. No, literally. Then there's the Marilyn Manson music video. And How- knowing what we know now about Marilyn Manson. Oh, he's so disgusting. Like, like when I say disgusting, he's a he's a predator. He's an evil monster. The back they were background dancers. She's like, we were Alexis is describing it. She's like, we were behind that sheet basically naked. 17. She's like, I brought an eight ball of Coke. We'd been drinking heavily and it was just like an all night party. And so she's like, I thought if I can party like this and get paid, we are golden. This is all I need for the rest of my life. And I can imagine. I yeah, can imagine you're 17 at that age. and yeah. your mom is super OK with doing whatever you need to do to get to bring in a check. That sounds like a recipe for fucking disaster, which is why I say, honestly, I really, truly believe this now knowing even more information about Andrea and her and how much she was really involved in uh, setting Alexis's mindset on how to make money or how to like live as an adult. She is responsible for all of what Alexis did in Tess, in my opinion. Agreed. Nick's parents seem like they were just upstanding citizens and Nick just (laughs) went rogue. So that's his that's on him. Yep, totally. No, I completely agree that Andrea is much more culpable in this situation. Yeah. So they show like the next frame is them is someone like Googling one night in Paris. And so now we're going to see how this sex tape really changed culturally changed so much and how what would have once been the end of someone's career ends up making Paris's career. And then Kim Kardashian becomes Paris Hilton's like protege. And Alexis says, you know, who cares if Kim Kardashian partook in it? If she did, that's pretty genius. And look like just that says that says so much about society. And so now we're back to Nick and Nick. Nick says, OK, this is when we decided that we were going to rob Paris Hilton. And he sees that she's going to be in Miami. And that's when that idea they're like, OK, so she's not going to be home. And now they get to finding out like where she lives. She finds out she lives in Beverly Hills and along comes Josh for another fucking segment telling us how cool Beverly Hills is. And I, I don't even want to talk about it. I can't, I fucking hate him. (laughs) And okay, here comes another little segment that Nick is willing to do. He does this thing where he like looks straight at the camera and he goes, here's how you rob a celebrity. Step one, Google maps and look at the terrain of the area. Step two, access it. Use the adjacent neighborhood trails. And so they walked up this fire road like they were hiking and scaled the fence. And then once you're over the fence, you're next to Paris's house. He, of course, claims that Rachel led the way. Of course. Uh, Yeah. I love how he breaks down how to how to do this. He is the one who looked it all up. But then when we actually got there, Rachel led the way because I was really scared. Mm-hmm. You weren't so scared to give Rachel the map. <laughs> yeah. Uh, approach, approach with caution, but act like you belong. Approach the door confidently and ring the doorbell a few times. But then the door was open, which is nuts. 
But I guess if like you have gates and stuff, it's like, well, maybe that's normal. So they're inside. It feels like a Hilton hotel. Uh, and they show they're using clips of the movie from the bling ring movie that Sofia Coppola did. And um, he's looking at like, so he's, they give them iPads. to like, look at footage throughout the whole docu-series and he's looking at it and he's like, He's very he's very offended at the inaccuracy of this movie. Yeah. And he's like, so the way they're walking, we were much more cat burglar like and they're really not capturing how much adrenaline was like pumping through our bodies. And he said, but this is accurate, like the closet full of clothes with tags on them. And then they show, boom, two counts of burglary, 12 years in prison. The pop ups scared me every time i'm like guys you need to stop this like right now like you're you're in over your heads it's adding up it's really adding up guys you're never gonna see the light of day um but i never knew i I thought it was a really fun fact that i didn't realize that in the bling ring they use paris's actual house that's right so cool she was like please go ahead i will get to that that the last episode i We'll get it. We'll get to that because she oh, says sorry. something where I would no, no, don't apologize. Well, she says something where I was like, Paris, she's like, I want to be a part of the message. Society needs to change. Oh, yeah. Paris, you're the message. Uh, but purses are open. There's just like hundreds and fifties in there, just cash from like a leftover night out. So they're taking that. There's a safe with jewelry in it. And they're, they've taken they estimate the property value to be 50,000. And then they went and partied after. But Rachel thousand dollars, that is someone's income for the year for the year. And the fact that they just like partied it away. I know I would be saving it. I would be such a like <laughs> if I did this like this. Right. OK, I'm going to put a disclaimer. The most boring. So criminal. me and my friend Tyler love the bling ring, the movie so much. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I know this is sound really morally bad, but I was the most mad because I was like, because they are all rich people that they are robbing from. It's bad. Don't steal. But I was like, they could have got away with it, which is like the thing that just got me. I'm like, if you just didn't flash it, if yeah. you just were normal about everything. Mm-hmm. And that pissed me off a lot, too. <laughs> yes. You've been saving this. This could have been an investment. Right. Like you could be living a really plush life right now like that yeah. was, that could have been your retirement fund yeah Ugh. but no you had to go party but rachel she's not into the clubs however alexis and tess were so this is how so nick had met tess at school and tess introduced him to alexis and nick was like i'm a stylist this is yeah this is where it just gets ridiculous. And he was more than happy to tag along with them, obviously, because they were like, they only do, according to Alexis, we only did like the best nights at clubs. And he loved it because he was wearing all the nice clothes he had stole and was paying for everything with the cash he had stolen. And the way Alexis describes it is she's like, we went out a couple times with Nick. And Nick goes, all this clubbing and like showing off was draining my money. So once we needed more, we would just go back to work. Jesus. And they were checking to make sure that there was no reports from like the Paris hit. And so they hit her again, but this time she was still in LA. 
and the door was locked, but there was a key under the mat. So because they knew the key was under the mat, they hit her house between the months of October and December four or five times. It's also, guys, also think about that. Paris did not know she was robbed. She was right. robbed about what total five to six times yeah. by, this, by these people and didn't even notice. I which, can't. Is, which is why a part of me like, again, it's bad to steal, which is why a part of me was like, I wouldn't I don't know how mad I would have been if they just like kind of kept it. Yes, because it's like she really didn't miss it. <laughs> so it's like, was there a crime? Like, but you but guys had to just you got greedy. It got too greasy. That's that's the, always the problem. People get too greedy in these stories. Yes. And they one time they took their friend Courtney with them and they were taking clothes, jewelry. And one time they got a nice bag of Coke. And the way he describes this Coke is so I just I understood it. He's like, yeah, I did Coke, too. Her, like because have it when I worked at Soho House, I found Coke a few times that like members had left. And because members of Soho House are usually quite rich, it was the best cocaine I'd ever done in my life. They he's like, her Coke was like Scarface Coke, pure. And after we got back to my car, we we're smoking cigarettes, blasting music. And the producer goes, Was that a good night? He goes, Yeah, fuck yeah, it was a good night. We we're doing Paris Hilton's Coke. I mean, who the fuck can say that? Unfortunately, that was probably his most favorite memory from the whole thing. And like, yeah, kind of don't blame him. I mean, that is for him. Again, if we stop the story there, I would be yes. like, that's not. Mm. OK, it could have stopped there if you stopped it there. <laughs> stop. End of story. I would be like, enjoy the riches. Yeah. But no. Paris's house was like their personal ATM, he says. Eventually, <laughs> that's a really great visual, <laughs> right? Look at what and then they go. Eventually, they reached a point where there was no money in the purses. The fact that she didn't realize that like leftover cash was sitting in purses like but like a hundred dollars or even like a thousand dollars to her is like probably that's crazy. 20 bucks to like what? Like that's like equivalent of 20 bucks to her. Like, yeah, like. You've lost a 20, maybe. But I do think about that 20 that I lost. Oh, my God. Like, oh, no, yeah. No, she's yeah. They're just that rich. I would like that's crazy. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. <laughs> you never know. Never say never. Never. Well, yeah. that's like that, that's but that's like family money. That's generational money. Yeah, that's, that's a whole different thing. I want to create some generational wealth. <laughs> True. Um, even though I'm not having kids. Uh, <laughs> Nieces, <eventually>. nephews. <laughs> yeah, True. Uh, eventually they reach a point where there's no money in the purses. So, but they know there's jewelry in the safe. And so this is so sad. They enlisted their friend Courtney's coworker, Roy Lopez, so that he would get caught and not them. First of all, there's so much wrong in that whole <sighs> scenario that he just described. I can't even like, where do we begin? That's what I mean. Two million in jewelry was stolen. And of course, yeah, it's he's caught on camera. Paris is sad because it was, of course, some like irreplaceable things. And he, Nick doesn't even feel bad because Nick says, I wasn't worried about getting caught. Me and Rachel were just already picking out our Porsches. My whole thing is I just, like that plan sounds so stupid. 
let's get my friend who's not even really a part of our little sting operation that we took maybe one time. First of all, I was already mad that they involved Courtney in the don't. The more people you involve, the more likely you are to get caught or someone's going to roll over on you. And then they a random coworker that you never met in your life. Like, how do you know that this person's not going to talk? And also the fact that you're intentionally setting him up. A Hispanic man. Yeah, that that part is crazy to me. You purposely set up a Hispanic guy. Yes. Fuck you. Because you knew that, like, no one would probably believe him. Yeah. If they said anything. But that still it would still it was still it's still a really bad plan because he is going to maybe say something. And even if they can't prove it, you're on the radar now. Yeah. So it's just like it's all it it was an all around terrible plan. It made no sense. And also it just shows Nick's character and that he is not this person that he keeps on trying to allude to. Like you're a bad person. Yeah. And he goes, even though we burned Paris's house, I mean, we live in L.A. There were hundreds of other celebrities to pick from. End of episode. But these disclaimers Uh, Rachel Lee, Courtney Ames and Roy Lopez Jr. were all contacted but did not comment on the allegations made against them. My favorite. A representative of Paris Hilton has denied that illicit drugs were found at her home. Yeah, she's not going (laughs) to. Yeah, it's like real quick. No. And Tess Taylor was contacted and she maintains that both Alexis and Gabby Nears also knew that Nick Prugo was not a stylist. And I believe that I do, too, because I also believe that Alexis has been around a lot of industry people and would have been able to spot immediately his BS. She didn't care that he was lying about being a stylist because he was paying for everything. So if he wants to make her if he if she needs to stroke his ego and let him think that she believed him about the stylist thing, she was more than happy to do it. I agree. All right. Episode two, we start off with like flashy. It's it's Oscar night and the biggest night in Hollywood is Oscar night. And those are the real stars, actors who are known for their craft and skills. But celebrities are famous for being famous. And it's kind of letting us know that you don't really give a shit about those people. And that's why they didn't feel bad. (laughs) So, okay. Which is so ironic that he's like, so we didn't feel bad, but it's like, and so what are you, Nick? Like, yeah. And then you're so you're the scum of the scum of the scum of the earth. Yeah, exactly. So, right. So he figured that every celebrity would likely be invited to some one Oscar party and most likely it'd be a good night to commit a burglary. And then do they keep doing this shot of Nick like on a computer? Like looking, yeah. looking up things, which I'm like, get his stupid face away from me. <laughs> and in the beginning of 2009, Rachel and him just are constantly checking TMZ to make sure there's nothing about their robberies and it's still nothing. And Rachel was super into the hills and loved Adrena's style. And he, now he does the whole like, here's how you break into a Hollywood mansion step by step. And does that bit again. And um, the TMZ website is what lets them know, which is crazy because all of the docu, all the paparazzi documentation of celebrities is what allows them to figure out when they can hit these celebrities, celebrities homes. Yeah. 
And I mean, it makes sense because that's we want to know what they're doing at all times. So all they have to do is wait for a photo to come out. They're like, it's confirmed. She's not home. And what's so interesting is that it remind like if what they did changed how celebrities secured their house, their mm-hmm. homes. It's. Yeah, like they you there's no way they could do what they did back in 2007, eight today. Mm-hmm. Because and I think that's why a lot of celebrities have people at their house constantly. Like yep. you'll hear that in in like the media, the Kardashians is the easiest example where there's just like there's just tons of people in their house, no matter what, if they're home or not. And I think it's for that reason, like they totally. can't have an empty house. Totally. You do not just leave your house vacant, especially because you want to post that you're on your vacation. You want to post from your vacation and be like, hey, I'm here. It's beautiful. But before that used to just be like a green light to go hit your house. Yeah. So now just someone has to be there. Um, Adrena, we get she's she comes back in her. She's like, I haven't been back here in six years, which is weird. I'm like, so is it vacant? Because it was like furnished and stuff. Um, She got the house before the show, before she became famous, but they used to film in the house. She's like, everyone knew what it looked like inside, which there's a bit. That's a big one, too. They were able to like they knew the terrain of the house. But the thing is, she did. She didn't get that house before she was famous because they lived and unless they well, I mean, everything the hills is fake, because I remember they met Audrina at the first apartment building that they lived at. That was like the opening episode, like their Audrina was their neighbor. So I'm just saying things are just oh, she probably there was probably a fake situation. Yeah. Uh. All right. So it's Oscars night, February 22nd, 2009. And she had just spent a bunch of money because she was trying on stuff for the Oscar event. She went to an Oscar event. Uh, so Nick was like the side gate was open. They walked up a hill, went in her backyard. It's so creepy seeing the surveillance footage. Surveillance footage is creepy. And the sliding glass doors open and you literally see Nick like celebrating when they open. it. He's like, yes. Yeah. Yes. He is so excited. Fuck yes. Uh, six counts of burglary, 36 years prison. Guys, at this point, if we're, we're tracking the math of years in counts of like burglary, they should be spending the rest of their lives in jail at just. Just here, if, even if they stopped right now. Yep. It's crazy. And they don't no. Spoiler. <laughs> And they don't spoil it. <laughs> um, so she and she had like swag bag stuff because they were sending her a bunch of like companies wanted her to wear stuff on the show. So right. there's just tons of stuff. And so Adrena comes home and she goes to put something in her suitcase, but the suitcase is gone. And so she's like, wait, hold on. And then she realizes her jewelry's gone. And then it freaks. She freaks out. She's like, someone's been in my house. She's like, are they still in my house? Are they trying to kill me? Which would be so terrifying. So she locks herself in her closet and she's shaking. Oh, my God. I can only imagine that part is like when it humanizes the situation. So, yes, we're talking about like they're just rich people. So what's the crime? Right. It's that there. There's the problem right here. Now we get to someone now feeling like they are being watched or possibly stalked or someone has just easily accessed their home, like, or they're currently there. You're traumatizing someone. Yep. And then no amounts of like fame and money is like justifiable for that. Exactly. 
Nick and Rachel, they feel so cool. Okay, now we meet Greg Kading. I couldn't tell if he was involved in this actual investigation or if he was just like an expert they brought in to talk about like investigating stuff. I think I thought he was. Was he? I couldn't tell because we can't talk to the the original in lead investigator because he ended up having like a huge conflict of interest because he was in the movie. Right. Um, so they got surveillance video and he said this is a, such an interesting take. He goes, if you have CCTV of young people committing that crime and you're trying to identify them, it's always a good idea that we appeal to an audience that was in that age range. So how do you do that? Cut to Perez Hilton. 2006 to 2009 was the golden era of gossip when it sure fucking was. It really was. Thanks to him. It's so the way he describes it, though, he's like he's like, um, you know, it was just a great way for people to escape. I'm like, that's not I wouldn't call it that. It's like it it wasn't a, it wasn't escape. It was sort of like warped mentality. It was just um pretty much like those like trash magazines, but on the Internet. So you got it faster and you didn't have to pay for it and didn't have to like read it in the line at the supermarket because I'm not paying for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and then if Perez takes credit for TMZ and we so Harvey talks about the, the interviewer interviewing Harvey and it's like, you know, what's the difference? Like what has like what's the difference between being a celebrity? Can anyone be a celebrity? What's it take? And this quote is pretty accurate. It has to do with exploiting the moment. That and it's really interesting watching this, especially because we talk about Bravo so much like so, <laughs> the, what they're about to talk about in terms of like. If you if you have an open case and how you shouldn't be doing interviews and how you shouldn't be doing TV shows, I'm like, wow, it's, so much has changed so much. Yeah. Um, so now Nick sees on TMZ the footage of them at Audrina's sees that they now have leaked the surveillance footage. But let's cut away. Let's go back to Alexis. And she says in her voiceover, I was far too busy manifesting my Hollywood career with my mom. <laughs> and Andrea's reading the affirmation that they were reading like every day. And so the way this whole reality show came about is they got a phone call from Dan Levy, who was an actor in this thing called Frat Party that they had done. And said, would you be interested in doing a reality show? And Andrea said, I said, no, no, no. OK, yeah. <laughs> And Alexis says, my mom was pretty excited about it. Yeah. Let, let me tell you, my favorite bits of this documentary was the contradiction of everyone and especially the dynamic of contradicting of the of the, all of the like contradicting information from Andrea and Alexis loved. I'm like. It's it was just like you could see why they did get a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it, the the way they kind of pitched it was like a hippie version of the Kardashians, and they 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 show a they show a clip, and Andrea's like, my girls were diagnosed with ADHD, so every morning I give them Adderall, and she goes, girls, it's time for your Adderall, and they come down into the kitchen so she can give them their Adderall. Okay. <laughs> All right. Calabasas, 2009. It's Nick again. He's like after. the So this is also so true because of the Internet version of 
gossip, it goes so fast. So after the burglary and like the CCTV video and everything, the news just cycled through and moved on. Yeah. So it was over. And he's like, all right, well, no one cares anymore. So they chose their next victim and it's Rachel Bilson. And Nick goes, we were slowly moving up. God, dude. Um, so then again, Nick does that stupid look at the here's how you do it bit where he's like, step one. And he says at one point, remember to keep a clear head. And then he says, uh, because I was a little drunker than normal this time. So I did a bit of coke to sober up, if you can call it that. <laughs> it it kind of it sort of does. It does. It helps sometimes. Um, if you have to do something like go steal, I mean, what else are you going to do? Oh, I mean, yeah, you need to be super alert and aware. Yeah, and that is, I mean, definitely cocaine will get you like it's like an, an adrenaline pen. Yeah. Unless unless you're going to cancel the night. I mean, what else are you going to do, buddy? And he's speeding and gets pulled over. And this Ugh. this quote, he says, is so bizarre. He says, if you run into a cop, lean into the coke. It'll make you appear sober. Sir, <laughs> I don't 100 percent know what even that refers to, like also be white um, and uh, what? Yeah. Lean into the coke. Don't have dilated pupils. You mean like, what are you talking about, dude? Don't listen to Nick. Oh, my goodness. So they get to Rachel's house and the doc does this cool thing where they where they show like a marker. Because they're doing their own reenactment and they go, Rachel, Bil Rachel Bilson's burglary. Take one. I was like, <laughs> oh, I like that. It was very stylized. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, they, they were they were leaning into the cheese. I like yeah. that because, you yeah. know what I mean? Because like, embrace it. Yeah, they're embracing it. And they're like, they're like, this is a part of like what? Like, yeah, they did it right. Because like whenever other people do reenactments, they're so serious that it makes it like that's what makes it cheesy because exactly. they're like they think that they're like directing like an Oscar performance worthy show or something yes. or Emmy, I guess. But um, yeah, no, they're leaning into the cheese and making us aware that they know it's stupid, too. So, like, yes. It. Yeah. As long as they know. Yeah, that's what, as long as you know yeah. then I can enjoy it. <laughs> um, so Nick says they get in through they got in through a, an unlocked window now seven counts of burglary 42 years in prison God. i Jesus. like it's, it was giving me anxiety it's like guys you're going to jail forever yeah like, at some forever. point I, at some point i stopped writing it down because i was like i can't even it's like unnecessary you're just gonna and die you're gonna you die two life sentences yeah you're just you're over and then why is josh getting a segment here He's like, welcome to Casa Fantastica, the perfect sanctuary away from the outside world. So is he describing Rachel Bilson's house because it's Spanish style? I I'm guess like, they just felt like they needed to give him another. Like they were like, we have you for another two hours. So you want to do another segment? Ugh. I guess we can talk about Rachel Bilson's house. Get out. I um, forgot. About, I forgot about Josh. And me then, too. And, he I came back. and I didn't need him. Don't you never need Josh. No, but Lauren, the stylist comes back and I didn't mind that because she's there to talk about because Nick says that when they went into Rachel's closet, it was so many handbags, designer handbags. And she comes in to let us know that designer handbags, they're better than gold. There was so much Chanel. Um, and Nick's like, we were getting more comfortable, so comfortable that Rachel used the restroom. All I could think of is relieving DNA. That's me, too. It's like that wasn't the move. 
But this time, the estimated property value was $220,000. I know. Ooh, this is like reminding me of like, you know how I get anxiety about all of Erica <laughs> yeah. Jane's uh, lawsuits and like all the money she owes. I'm like, how are you paying for that how back? Are you ever going to pay this back, how are lady? You paying that back? It's so much money. Never. <laughs> um, well, he the next day, Nick's talking about how he was on BBM with Alexis. I miss BBM. I miss my BlackBerry. I never had one. Oh, my God. I loved it. I was so good. I could I, do had a- it, I could do it behind my back. I, I thought about getting one, but that like they didn't. I don't think that you had you couldn't get a BlackBerry from like at the time singular now known as AT&T. Um, oh. I had I had a razor. Oh. I, had a, I had a pink razor. Mm. I think was so cute. Oh, all right. They were hanging out. So he Nick and Alexis are hanging out more and more. And she wanted to be in the Hollywood scene. And he's like, that was perfect for me. Because like, so did I. But Alexis's version is like, we hung out like four or five times. He was just some valley kid. We got drunk, we got fucked up, and we drove home. Okay. And he says he would pop his trunk and let them pick what they wanted. And Alexis says, one day I came out, I come out of my room and Tess and Gabby have suitcases full of clothes. And I was like, where did you guys get these clothes? Nick goes, um hello she knew exactly where those clothes were coming from i love it i I like the interruption when like someone they think is saying something bad like obviously editing is doing that for them but like uh hello like uh, yeah it was good editing it was great editing yeah and then and then he like kind of even further insults and he's he's like they got the paris hilton leftovers (laughs) and then alexis goes no it was not like that it wasn't like this is clothes from paris hilton and then and then Andrea pops in and is like, girls, what is going on? <laughs> and <laughs> Alexis says that she told her mom that Nick is a stylist and he was loaning them things just for now. Nick goes, oh, Alexis, you're insane. Like, he's like, don't like he, he, Nick. Who do we believe more? OK, so this is a thing. Overall, I believe. Alexis is versions, but I know I feel like she has decided to rewrite certain parts of the history because she is in such a different place and doesn't want to go back to the person she once was. And I do 100 percent believe she knew where those knew that those clothes were uh, stolen. And maybe she didn't know exactly it was Paris Hilton, but she she absolutely knew that it was shady clothes that she was getting. I am right there with you. I feel like she has told herself this story in her head so many times, this like fake version. Yeah. That now she believes it. Oh, I, yeah, exactly. And like, it's not accurate. Yeah. Like, like, I, that's what it was. You, you knew that these were not, these were not legit, like in the sense of, these were stolen items. You knew the I at 100% know that you knew it was stolen items. I will give you a I still kind of think she knew it was Paris's to be fair, like well, to fair to be fair to myself. But I'll give you that I'll compromise and say you didn't know it was necessarily Paris's. But I definitely think you knew it was stolen. Yeah. Meet you in the middle. Meet you in the middle. Because Alexis, like at that time, we were hanging out with lots of people in the industry. So I didn't think twice. Mm-hmm. And 
Andrea says the girls got to use these clothes to do photo shoots to enhance their portfolios. <sighs> so I was okay with that. But Nick does confirm. He's like, Andrea did think I was a stylist. Tess and Alexis obviously knew that I wasn't. And Nick offered Andrea a hand, a bag. And Andrea was like, mm, it wasn't my style, but I was trying to be gracious and kind. Bitch, you know yeah. that I can guarantee Andrea was up in that house saying, hey, does Nick have any more like things that I can have? And they're like, mom, this is my stylist friend. You can't just like be getting like totally. designer bags whenever you want. I'm not going to just ask my stylist friend to give my mother <laughs> designer bags. Be grateful for the one you got, mom. Do not totally. talk to my friend when they come in here. Do not totally. talk to Nick when she comes in, mom. I'm mom, this is Alexis Nyers. And I am very <laughs> upset. <laughs> Andrea was probably bussing in that room constantly. Like, like is there anything like, else? She's like such the mom from Mean Girls. Like, what's the forward one? Kiki's keep me young. Like, yeah, yeah totally. Um, Alexis is like, I was excited to have new stuff to wear out, but I would find out shortly after that he wasn't a stylist and that he was involved <laughs> in all these burglaries. Fucking lie. Okay, you're lying. Now you're now just you're lying. lying. Now, now you're just lying. Now you're just told. Now that was a lie. That was a fucking lie. Like that right I, there. I, that was when she that was when she totally made it obvious to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, oh, you're, now you're just that lying. Was, that was the lie. Okay. Um, and so the the detective guy comes back in and he does say he's like I know that it seems like these you know are celebrities so like are they really victims but they are still victims like Rachel's mom's engagement ring had been stolen these are like irreplaceable I, items I felt really bad when I heard that one like that's super sad and and they just to me they still just don't have the gravity of what they did to some of some of these people like things that will affect them for the rest of their lives like that's a big deal like her mom's engagement ring that's the, that's but that's terrible yeah and they and they never once talk about like i'm so sorry for the some of the other damages that i i did to these celebrities they never say that at all in this documentary right uh okay so now we, we get a nice little chat with jennifer and amber the jennifer is an ep and a showrunner and amber introduces herself she says, and I ruin people's lives. And she laughs. So the original premise of Pretty Wild was kind of based off the Kardashians, like the three sisters and, you know, they're sort of three girls. So he picked up the show and Nick was brought in by Tess and he was pitched as one of like the B or C characters uh, as like the gay best friend. But he could not sell that role. And like Alexis says they were like, he's literally so bad. Get him out of here. It just kind of re reminded me of like him wanting to be an actor earlier on and just not quite having what it takes. He doesn't have that it factor. And I think it really kills him. Well, it's it even like when he's doing the photo shoot bits, like when they keep flashing to those photo shoots, of him like trying like, sh you know, showing off fashion. He sucks in that, too. Like, yeah, he doesn't have that quality. Yeah, it's and it's because he doesn't really have confidence. And in, in order to do any of these type of things, you have to have that self-confidence. Mm -hmm. Like there's like how many terrible actors that are super famous are there? Because you know what it is? They have that thing about them that still makes people want to see them on screen. Yeah, he's he just does not have it. So but Amber, Jennifer, they're like Alexis had that star quality. 
And they described it like they wanted to be famous. And I don't think they cared how they got there. They wanted to be a Kardashian. And I like that 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 is true, because as much as Alexis is trying to paint them as these like innocent girls that were, you know, just sort of swept up by by society, they they wanted that. They did want to be famous, but they also had their mom. And I will say that that like that was that was a factor like their mom wanted them to have that. Right. And I, but the thing is, I wonder, would they have wanted that if yeah. their mom didn't make it such a high value thing? Like you need right. to have this in order to be. To have fulfillment in life, you need to be famous, like even when she's talking about these affirmations and vision boards, nowhere yeah. did I hear them say hear her, their mother, Andrea, say, what? do you want out of life? She chose, she chose that for them. She said, we're going to be famous. That's what, what our family affirmation is. Yeah. So that's where like, again, she's Alexis made her own decisions. Like, but I have to think about how much Andrea Andrea affected every, all of her decision-making and and her, and her morality barometer based off of Andrea. Yeah, no, it's true. She was the one who pushed them becoming models. And she basically wrote the affirmation for them. Yeah, like, we will be in the entertainment industry and do everything it takes to be in the entertainment industry. But then, of course, Andrea says it wasn't about fame. It was simply about doing what I love doing. And that was being on camera. And, Honey, and the you have to listen to the piece, people's wordings. And Nick did it earlier. We already talked about it with the whole I didn't enjoy acting fame thing. And she's doing it the same with, I didn't care about being famous. I just wanted to be on camera. <laughs> Those were the words on camera. You, so again, you, so what does that mean? You want to be famous? Not because like, it's not like I wanted to be acting, which can be a, a wide pool of things you wanted. To, I wanted to, or I wanted to provide a certain skill set yes. on camera. She just wanted to be on camera at and it didn't matter in, in what way you had no particular thing that you wanted to give society. You just wanted she wanted to take from society. She wanted society to just give the give her all the glory and fame and she was going to give them nothing back. Yeah. And what does Alexis say? The appeal of fame for me was validation to feel like somebody cared for me for once. So see, that's deep. That's deep. And that really that and it's interesting, too, that Andrea now nothing has really changed at all. She's like, first of all, in what world should she be doing this interview in her? This is not in her best interest. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) It's not. And the fact that she doesn't even care because all she cares about is being on camera. It's another opportunity to be on camera. And she she could care less that she can't even see. She probably watched this documentary and didn't even see how bad she was. She's probably just looking at vanity wise. And she's oh, like, yeah. yeah, she was probably super happy with how everything turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Narcissist. Absolutely. And OK, I because I just recently rewatched. I watched maybe the first like five episodes of Pretty Wild. And I was like, okay, I wanted to see like the classic moments. And then I was like, I don't need to watch anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And it did show they it showed a playful and connected family. But the truth of this family was that (laughs) Alexis goes, my mom was chaotic, super controlling, super shaming. 
and her mental health really impacted the overall health of our home. She goes, you don't, you, you don't call your daughter a cunt. You just don't. And Andrea does, she does have a little self-reflection. This, this, this was the way she describes this is, is, is good. She does, she does note, she does explain this properly. She admits to being narcissistic during those years. And she said, I, I made them dependent on me. She's like, I was smoking weed with them back then. And it was all about them not abandoning me. Mm -hmm. The hard part about narcissistic moms is it, it takes probably the most extensive therapy to deprogram yourself from being narcissistic or having narcissistic tendencies. And I don't think she's gone through that work. Oh, no. It does not seem like she has even entered the chat for that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So even though she's able to put a label and define what she was doing, you can tell in the way she's discussing the uh, the, everything else that she hasn't actually adjusted her her. because then we get into into the drug use i just feel like she's just accepted it that that's what who she is and it's like and i'm okay with that i feel like she's like i'm gonna just give you disclaimer i am a narcissistic person and if you cannot handle that then you cannot handle me and mm-hmm. I will not be doing anything to change said behaviors. And that's just going to be on you if you want to be around me or or not even so much that or it was like back then I was. And because I can acknowledge it back then, therefore, Ooh. I'm not anymore. That's actually a better analysis yeah. of it. It's like, see, did you hear me say that? Therefore, I'm evolved. Yeah, I said it. It's like, no, that's not how that works. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And so now we get, but now we get into like the drug use and I didn't realize it was this bad. Yeah, I didn't either. I had no idea. I was supposed to, I didn't really follow them, but Tess and Gabby are the ones who brought Alexis Oxy for the first time. And Gabby claims she hated it. Um, but Andrea loved it. Andrea was like, this is amazing. I mean, I'm sorry. Not Alexis. Oh, yeah. Alexis. Yeah, Alexis. Yeah. Andrea's like, they were doing drugs that I was just unfamiliar with. They weren't my drug of choice. And I said, listen, everybody better pull their shit together and behave if you want to film a reality show. That's again, like she doesn't even hear herself when she's like recounting this. Like, again, I know she gave the disclaimer that back then she was narcissistic and da 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 da. But like in now, you now should, that's not you, how you like, should describe you, it. Like you should have been saying that's what I said. And now I'm like, I can't even believe that I said that because I was more concerned about them getting their shit together so we could be on TV and not the fact that their health was deteriorating and that they're literally ruining their lives. But she didn't say that part. No, she thought that that was a good way to word it. I said, you guys better pull your shit together. Get that oxy addiction under control if you want to film a reality show. (sighs) And so Alexis is Alexis says that the addiction got so crazy. So she asked Tess to leave and I followed suit. And this is when Nick says that Alexis was having problems at home. So he invited her to stay with him. And this is when 
she expressed interest in becoming a part of it. But Alexis is like, I do not recall that conversation at all. And Nick is like, yeah, I didn't really want to expand the enterprise. (laughs) But now Orlando Bloom has entered the chat. And he was Orlando Bloom was working on a movie. And according to Nick, Alexis begged to go. But then Alexis is like, I wasn't begging to rob a house, but I was open to robbing a house for money to get drugs. And that was an interesting framing of it because you and that's what because and again, I don't necessarily believe that in totality, um, but. Because we're like, I feel like she's like my excuse for robbing homes is because I was suffering from an extreme um, drug addiction. Yeah. And everyone has more empathy for people with drug addictions when they're at least when they turn their lives around, because it's like, oh, like you do do crazy things when you're a drug addict. So like her doing that would be an excuse of her lapse of judgment or like, you know, you know what I mean? And then it's like for mm-hmm. her, it's like, I'm not in the same category as Nick. I was doing this because I was, I was suffering from a disease. He did it because he just wanted money and fame. Like, mm-hmm. um, Nick was not open to, he's like, wasn't really, he was like, no, I'm not really into it. But Rachel brought her friend Diana and he's like, I felt like I was traded in for like a newer model. So then I brought Alexis. And so, Here we go. Alexis only remembers bits and pieces because she's like, I was high on opiates and benzos. This is where I wanted to punch Nick because he's like, (laughs) she was not out of it. She was more than sober and aware. I don't like that because opiates and benzo, you can appear to be like sober and not like wasted, but still be super clouded. In like your general overall life. You know what I mean? You're probably if you're addicted to something like that, you're probably always fucked up or else you're withdrawing. Exactly. And also, I don't trust Nick as far as I can throw him. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think he cared whether she like. And the thing is, maybe in his recollection of it, like he's it's he wasn't like thinking like that she was wasted because that's just how she always is. So for him, she wasn't. Cause that's just her, her always her state of mind. Yes. But that doesn't mean that she wasn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like she's just always high. And that is your, your judgment is going to be different when you are high, no matter if you're high all the time or not. Exactly. And when the producer asks Alexis, if she was aware of whose house it was, she says no, but then Nick laughs and it's like, she, she did. Alexis smirks, looks off to the left, pauses and says, oh, well, I think she did. She was when you are in an addiction and you are I don't I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal if she was like if she was like, "Okay, it's Orlando Bloom's house. But I think that she had to sell the narrative later that she didn't know whose house it was because eventually they become A-listers and are mixing amongst A-listers like Orlando Bloom. Yeah. So she had to sell the narrative that she had no idea whose house it was. Yeah. So I think she has to hold on to that lie. Mm -hmm. But if you're like struggling with an addiction and you need money to get your next fix and they're like, this is Orlando Bloom's house. I don't think it's that far fetched for her to be like, sure. Cool. Yeah. 
I don't think that the thing is, I think her, the thing is, I think the weight of the celebrities homes were different for everybody in the scenario, uh-huh. including Rachel. Like I, uh-huh. we, I think that I, this is what my assessment is. I feel like Rachel, this was literally a job, a means to get money. And it wasn't personal. Like she only targeted celebrities because she knew that they had the money. Nick liked the idea that they were in these celebrities homes and he liked the clout of each home that they got to rob of like the importance. And he's kind of says it himself by like ranking and like we're moving up with the celebrities. And then for Alexis, again, I think they told her she knew. But again, it was like, okay, great, great cool, let's rob the fucking house and get the fucking money. Like she didn't actually care. Yeah. You know, that's my assessment of everybody's like, yeah, hair level of these celebrities. Totally agree. Uh, Okay. So they want to avoid cameras. They walk backwards with their hoodies up. And why don't they just put hoods on, like get a ski mask? I don't know why they just didn't put a ski mask on. It didn't look chic enough. I know exactly. That's so Hollywood. (laughs) Uh, so this is when like, we get like, kind of conflicting stories. So Alexa says she peed. Nick says she didn't. Nick says she jumped through that fence like Wonder Woman, but she's claiming that she was like scared and nervous. They get in through a sliding glass door. Um, and here we go. Another one of those like eight counts burglary, you know, thousand years in prison. <laughs> and Uh, Alexis says that Rachel and Nick just had this confidence and she was scared. Nick says that she was into it. Like there was this wow factor. Uh, So they come across 10 Rolexes and 10 K in an envelope. And Alexis just grabbed a Louis Vuitton computer bag and a black sequin dress. The estimated property value is $550,000. All right. All right. Andrea eventually gets a call from Alexis saying that this guy is into some dangerous stuff and she needs to get away from it. I need to come home. So she's like, "Okay, come home. And next thing they know, the Orlando Bloom break in is all over the news. And the detective calls this. We now have an ongoing criminal enterprise, Mm. which it is. But like, oh, absolutely. I bet Nick loved that. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's sexy. Which actually, I forgot the next thing my note says we felt like sexy bandits. (laughs) I didn't even realize it said that. Um, And then he they keep showing these fucking photo shoot moments where he's like posing and posing. And again, he just doesn't have it. Yeah, doesn't have the it factor. He just looks ridiculous. And he says Orlando Bloom had great style, which worked for me because he was my size. So he's just wearing all his clothes. And it's just like the vainness of it, too. Like, just the way that he said it. He's like, he's my size. Like, he's just like, he needs to feel like he's somewhat parallel from these people. He's totally. like, even totally. Okay, there's another part that I'm sure it's coming up. Yeah. Um. So social. Now we get into how social media also changed, like celebrity and like fame, if you will, because you can curate your image on there. Yeah. And so Nick goes, I wanted people to want what I had the way I wanted what celebrities had. And he was like, you could post all these photos from a night out. And this is the dawn of social media influencers. And this is like how it started. And so he'd post himself in all these, you know, all the clothes he was (laughs) stealing 
and the watches and all that crap. And, um, but back to the show, back to the girls and the show, the show was going to save them from financial ruin. They got a $50,000 signing bonus and a hundred thousand dollars each for the show. That's a pretty, that's huge. That's actually, that's actually a lot of money for people that are really not known. Like they're literally the story of faking it to you, making it type situation. Like at least with the Kardashians, like they had like a, they had, they were, they were socialites, you know, they had that foundation and she wasn't just some chick who had a sex tape. She was already a socialite dad did one of the biggest celebrity trials ever. Um, So for them to get off the bat for a show that they didn't even know what the show is going to be about like a hundred thousand dollars, like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. That's unheard of. I feel like. So then they start distancing themselves from Nick and you know, now they're, now they're in a whole other echelon. (laughs) And Andrea, Andrea makes this joke. She goes, they were flying high. Literally. <laughs> I'm like, is that a joke about them being on drugs? Yeah. That's, wow. She, she's so far removed. It's insane. Like you're talking about your children who had serious drug addiction. Heroin. And, and it's not something you can laugh about now because like Alexis is sober, but like oh you guys are clearly don't have a good relationship. Like it's maybe yeah. don't joke about this. Yeah. And so they were a list and Alexis tells this story. She goes, I w- she goes, a couple of us, we were at this party. We were, we were in the bathroom, clearly like doing Coke with people. And this huge A-list actor just, just this amazing monologue. It's like, I would die to know who that actor was. Um, Andrea, quote for quote, at this point, they were disappearing for days at a time and taking private jets with much older men. I didn't care because I had done the same thing and it was fun and it was exciting for them. That's so it's like, can we get her on some child neglect, child (laughs) endangerment? Nothing. No charges should. No. Why were any charges on this woman? How is she saying this now? Like, how is she not following it up with? And I couldn't believe that I. That's my issue with her. It's like she's not just right. Like she's not. But like, even if she was honest and like in that at that time, that is just was that was my mindset. But she's still it's she's not fooling anybody like you're that is still your mindset. She's like, I don't see the problem. Everything was fine. It's like you saw how it ended up. And good God knows like what she was telling Alexis and the other two girls when they they were trying to like make it like going on auditions. Like if they want to sleep with you, like I'm sure she said sleep with them. She's like, do what you got to do. You're beautiful. You're or she she probably framed it like you're a very beautiful and smart, intelligent girl. Do whatever you're comfortable with. But just know in order to get the things that you want, you're going to have to like, you know what I mean? She's like, it's your decision, but this is what you should do. Like, I feel like that's the type of mother she is. She's sick. Yeah. So Nick says that Alexis didn't want to rob anymore, but I didn't know how to stop because without it, he wouldn't be able to afford this illusion that he had created. So 
But the thing is, he could have if he had saved if his he had money, saved his damn money, because it's that's where it's ridiculous, because it's like you guys didn't just steal a few thousand dollars and like, oh, now anymore. Like you guys stole so much money yeah. that you guys could have saved it, invested it, tr- tripled it like you guys, you guys could have been living a nice little life. Yeah. Um, all right. Now it's Lindsay Lohan's turn. Gosh. And he calls this their one last hurrah. And it's Rachel and Diana and him. And he was a little more uneasy than usual uh, about his friendship with Rachel. Um, about about this. I'm sorry about this particular robbery. Mm-hmm. He just felt like there was no acts. There was no way to leave out the back because it was just a big clip drop cliff drop off. But he was like, my friendship with Rachel was based on burglary. So if we, if I didn't do it, then it would be the end of this friendship, which that really, to me, feels like a stretch. I feel like if he had said, guys, I think we need to do this a little bit smarter. Let's come back and do this with a better plan. She would have been like, that's OK, we can do that. But he's like, let me just blame this again, yet again on Rachel. Yeah, because as we know, he flips on all of them. So I think he's still justifying everything by blaming them. Yeah, like it may, it's like it's easier to like rat them out when it was really their fault in the first place. Yeah. So they boosted Diana into a window and she unlocked the door. And this house was it had so much stuff. He called it like hoarders luxury. And isn't that exactly what you would imagine Lindsay Lohan's oh, house absolutely. to be? Absolutely. Right. Just like covered in stuff. And he said his car was stuffed with things. $128,000 was the estimated property value. And the next day, the police at Lindsay's house. And this time, the footage from the robbery, they were able to connect it with the Audrina burglary. And Alexis sees this and goes, this is Nick Prugo, mom. And Nick sees it and he's like, fuck. So he moves all the stolen property that he does have to a storage facility at his grandmother's. So Alexis, this part, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, I carried around guilt for what I had done. So Tess and I called the Hollywood Police Department and named Nick. And Gabby says she's Gabby, which I think Tess denies. Tess says Gabby knew. But Gabby says that if she knew they were going to do that, she would have told them not to because they were basically telling on themselves. And the detectives are like, yeah, as soon as we got his name, we go on his Facebook and we look him up or maybe MySpace and we see Nick looking just like the surveillance videos. Which, okay, I want to I kept looking at the surveillance camera and looking at Nick and I'm like, it looks like any white teenage boy. I was like, that was such shitty, grainy quality. I was like, honestly, if it wasn't for the confessions, if I was just I feel like I could have argued, like, how do we know that's them? Because this drug addict girl over here says it is like just high high school friendships being like them being in like a fight and her wanting to get him in trouble for something or wanting to get clout for like discovering the robbers like easily. Uh, He, excuse me, he notices, he realizes that like when Nick ends up getting like pulled in, he's like, um, they don't know shit. Like he's a good criminal. End of episode. No, I I thought, I I feel like that's not what he was saying. What? I feel like, I feel like he was like, he was saying that in retrospect, like 
in retrospect, I didn't realize that they didn't know shit when he when they first call him in for questioning. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And they and they pull him in. He realizes from the, at the beginning, he's like, they don't actually know anything. And he doesn't okay. say anything. Oh, OK. I took it differently. OK. 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 Then later, his stupid lawyer is like, tell them everything. <sighs> we'll get that. So episode three. And we start off with the news coverage of the bling ring, which the media called them that, right? That was a media. Coin. Yeah, yeah. The media great is name. great. The media, you can always rely on the media for a fun name. Clever. The bling ring. Whoever did that top notch. And so it says four years later, we get this movie. Emma Watson plays Alexis and the, uh, my friend Chelsea. Oh, no, Chelsea. She she perfectly sums up that Emma Watson needs to stop getting American roles because she just cannot do an American accent. Okay. It's just a British accent. I know, but I'm going to tell you, she's my favorite part of the fucking movie. <laughs> I, I didn't see the movie. The movie, like, honestly, I use that phrase. I want to rob in almost daily conversation. I just want to rob. I want to rob. <laughs> the thing is, the movie itself is not like the you know what I mean it's like it looks horrible but it's so it's one of those niche movies where it's just like it's it's still great you know what I mean it's not great acting it's not great whatever but it doesn't matter it's like the whole thing of it it's just great if that I makes don't know sense about that. I love I love that movie I love the bling ring I'm not gonna lie I love that fucking movie <laughs> Uh, but Nick's upset about it Nick is mad he's like oh, Alexis is portrayed as the leader I was the face of the bling ring that I know that was Alexis was just an expansion. But then Alexis goes, Nick just wasn't selling it. Woo! Shots fired. Right. And Nick's like the guy that played me didn't even look like me. And they're like, well, who do you think should have played you? He's like, I don't know, like a like a young like Tom Cruise. I audibly laughed. Me too. When he said that. That sounds about right, though, that he would think of himself as a young Tom Cruise. And I also the actor who played him was perfectly cast. It did look like him. I, I did feel like everything that I know of Nick from, especially from this interview now feels like how that actor portrayed him. Just someone just really wanting to be someone he isn't. It was, it was great casting in my opinion. You just wanted a bigger name. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, all right. Los Angeles, September, 2009. Detective Greg, I don't know how to say his name, Kading, they gave him the cheesiest voiceover. There comes a time in the story where the tables turn on the bad guys and the good guys start writing the script. And for the bling ring, it was time they traded in their expensive clothes and jewelry for jail jumpsuits and chains. All right. So some citizens called in and reported Nick and Rachel. Next thing Nick knows his mom's coming in the room with the phone crying and you hear like knocks on the door and the, it's the detective. I'm the detective in charge. We need you to come outside with your hands up. You're under arrest. So he's taken into the Hollywood police station for the Lindsay Lohan burglary and he would get three to four years in prison. He's 18 years old at this time, but he realizes there was no there was no evidence at his house because he had moved it all to his grandmother's storage unit. And the CC, like you said, the CCT, CCTV evidence was not strong enough. The other individuals had not been arrested because Rachel was in Vegas with her dad. And 
Nick says the cops were like, yeah, yeah, just tell us everything. Will, it'll be fine. Just tell us. But he's like, you know, they just like they, he makes us like yank in your chain. You know, they just tell you that. But he figured out that they didn't know anything. So he doesn't tell them anything. OK, and he leaves. Yeah, I was like, that is impressive because I would have just folded. I'm not a good criminal. Oh, I would have denied until I died. Yeah, you're a better criminal. I adapt. <laughs> and so we meet these we meet does uh, I don't know how to say her name Sarika Kim and she's the dis- deputy district attorney for Los Angeles County meet Christine Key def- deputy district attorney for the state of California and they're again trying to like humanize these celebrities because of course the hard part with like selling them as victims is that they're celebrities yeah but Lindsay had not even been back home since the burglary and she makes a good point She's like, for celebrities, their home is like their only place for privacy because they're always hounded by paparazzi. And I was like, oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and they had so there she goes. We had to prove that when they entered the home, they intended to commit a felony. It wasn't just to like take a picture next to like Lindsay Lohan's like something chandelier. I think they said is chandelier. And the producer says, well, do you know how you were able to prove that? And Sarika says, Nick Prugo, that's how we were able to do that. And that's for sure. So Nick is stupid is stupidest thing. Like, first of all, both of them, Alexis and Nick, Alexis, one guiding them to Nick, knowing damn well she committed a crime with him. Exactly. Outrageous to me. Why would you do that? Had to be the drugs. Um, And then. And then Nick doing what he does next is just I just couldn't like they could have got away with it, guys. Yeah. And that's essentially what the the lawyer the or the district attorney is saying is like they, they didn't have a case, really. Yeah. It's circumstantial evidence and they knew it was them. They can't prove it. Yeah. Till, till Nick prove till Nick says everything. So his family Nick's family was like, they found a lawyer, but he's like, no, I want a flashy, cool lawyer. So enter Sean Aronsoft. And Nick describes him like all he describes. He's like, he's hot. Basically, he's hot with a nice car. And Nick contacts the girls and he says, get rid of your shit. And I'm not saying a word. And Nick does some or Sean does some calculations. And he's like, Nick could have gotten up to 48 years. And so Sean's version of what happens next is that he tells Nick to come clean with everything and probably you can come out unscathed. That's a very key word. Probably Nick's version is that Sean told him he had a quote immunity agreement. He just had to implicate all of his friends. Which sounds Legit, because everyone, everyone knows knows. that the first person to talk, gets the best deal. That's how these things work. But if you hire this fancy ass lawyer, they before they make such a deal, they need to they should know what the prosecution has on them, because like they because like they could have took that to trial and been fine, possibly because circumstantial evidence or they might have not even been able to go to trial because they wouldn't have enough evidence. Yeah. You wouldn't feel comfortable taking it to trial at that point. Um, so this lawyer, maybe you should have went with your your family's first choice, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. 
So Alexis then says a few weeks after Nick was arrested, Tess told Nick that Alexis had called the police. So Nick called and was really heated. And he said, well, you are involved in the Orlando Bloom house. And Alexis is like, I wasn't too worried because I was like barely involved. That's like so stupid because it doesn't even matter. It could be you could have walked you could have walked in and walked out with nothing. Yeah, you were there because you were there and because property was stolen. There's no way for you to definitively prove that you didn't take just as much stuff as everybody else because stuff was taken and you entered the home and you girl. Yeah, like you're you should have taken more stuff because you're just as culpable. Yeah. So. Sean, his Nick's attorney, tell <laughs> tells Nick, tell the investigators everything. And Srika, the deputy district attorney, she's like, it's odd that his attorney would advise him to do this when they hadn't even conducted the investigation. His, his attorney feels like a deal attorney, like he just doesn't like to go to court. He just wants to always <laughs> make it. You know what I mean? There are some attorneys that are like, let's make a deal. And I feel like he doesn't have what it probably takes to actually do the case. Like, like I feel like he get, talked a big game to, to Nick and was like, oh, yeah, like I'm the best. If this went to trial, I'll do X, Y and Z. But I don't think he's actually a trial attorney in the sense of like he can't win a case or he he wins his stuff by settling and getting the lesser offense for his clients. They hadn't even conducted the investigation like they were like on their way out the door to go investigate. And Nick's like, I'll tell you everything. And they're like, oh. And I bet you when when they that when they heard that, they didn't even believe it. Like they're like, sure, he's going to tell us some like I wasn't involved. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spin some bullshit. I, I, I bet you there was a moment when they're all looking at each other like, is this fucking happening right now? Is he really telling us nitty gritty details? Things that we didn't even See, fucking they didn't even know. know. Christine, the other deputy district attorney goes, they wouldn't have even been able to connect the dots to certain things without Nick. I don't know how those women or or the people in the room held their composure during that, because I would be like my eyes would be opening like you're telling me shit. I didn't (laughs) know. We didn't even know about those robberies. They had to like keep cool. Like, yeah, yeah, we knew about that. We're on our way to connect that as well. Uh, yeah, we were actually we had we had an investigator. We didn't call them and tell them they don't need to go there anymore. I you, bet you they party so hard after that. Totally. They they probably did coke too. They're like this. <laughs> I, I make an exception because this is I've never yeah, ever but had let's it. Let's go into the let's go into the evidence room and just bust out some of the drugs we. I we, do think I have some Paris Hilton coke back there. <laughs> She's been arrested before. <laughs> I think I do have some of in a box somewhere. Or Lindsay Lohan's. Oh yeah, that shit. No, I don't want hers. That's meth in there. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Oh my God. Um, okay, so Alexis, now she's like, we were just hoping the show would get picked up for a whole season, and now she's like, day one of filming was a mess, and oh my God, they should like, I just watched it, and they were out partying, and Alexis, like, we rolled in around three or four in the morning. I popped a Xanax, thinking I was gonna have to wake up around seven. Andrea says 7.30 gets a call from Detective Ramirez. And at the same time, the production crew is showing up ready to start filming. Then there's a knock at the door and Andrea thinks it's E creating a little drama for the show. (laughs) 
And they use the reality footage of what we the show footage of what we see of them being like, you know, serving you an arrest warrant or whatever. And Alexis goes, before I knew it, there's officers in my room. And they immediately see stuff from Rachel Bilson's house. So they bring Tess and Alexis in for questioning. They show the footage of them, of Gabby, uh, Andrea, and I guess her husband praying, praying in the circle. And the producers, <laughs> one of them goes, I mean, obviously I don't want anyone to like get arrested, but they start laughing together. Like, I'm thinking at least now we have a show. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like they're not wrong. No, I mean, that's their job. Like they're like, we didn't know what the show was going to be. And what do you like, what do you what, think? I'm paying? What, what story are we following? Why do you think we paid you one hundred thousand dollars? Anything? Yeah. Everything is fair game, honey. <laughs> like, And so Alexis is shown it, when she's being questioned, she's shown the surveillance video and she just keeps saying, no, that's not me. No, I don't know any of those people. No, no, no. And then finally they go, well, Nick says that's you. And she's like. And when she's booked, she's booked with the other girls, Courtney and Rachel. And they look terrified in the back of that squad car. Yeah. I mean, I would be, too. Oh, my God. We again, referring to all of the jail time you get for just one of those things that they did. I would be freaked out. Yeah. I'd be like, how do I survive in prison? I don't Uh know the first thing. Yeah. So Nick is looking on TMZ and he sees that his friends are getting arrested, but then he sees that he is being charged for multiple other burglaries. And he's like, hey, Sean, <laughs> um, what? And Sean says, uh, this is procedures, procedure. You will get immunity. And so Nick's like, well, can I get a copy of this immunity <laughs> agreement? And Sean says, well, no, no, I shook. I shook his hand. Oh, my God. Here I was Sean's, so fucking mad. Here's Sean's version. I, I quote for quote. Here's immunity deals are usually in writing, but I knew that I couldn't get an Im- written immunity deal. The reason I was comfortable with it not being in writing is because I already had Brett Goodkin's commitment that he'd place it in writing in the form of a police report. Whether it was a written immunity deal or a promise, Nick was going to be the rat and he was going to be rewarded for it on the other end. Bro, bro, I couldn't even I couldn't even believe it. I don't think that anybody would need to go to law school, need to even watch any type of crime show at all to know that that was asinine what he just said. I. And so the 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 DA's like there was no such immunity deal because Nick was so involved in the crimes that it, it just wouldn't be justice to give him an immunity deal. And most attorneys I know tell their clients, do not talk to the police. Hello. Tell them everything. (laughs) We have no contract in place and uh, you'll probably go to jail for the rest of your life. But just go ahead. Just spill your spill your guts. Sean, Sean goes into the Sarika and she goes, let's do a deal. She's like, no. Yeah, you you will once you hear this. Just tell them. Tell, tell, him right tell now. Him more stuff. Tell him what you know. Tell him more stuff. You want the deal now. Like, no, the what I don't tell you anything until deal happens. That's how everything always works. Because what's what's to like you already gave them the information. Like, why should they like they don't need you anymore? Like they you, that's the, you that's the point how of, it works. Yeah, that's the point of a fucking deal. 
They don't, you don't say anything till pen to paper. Like you, 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 you say, I will cut. If you talk, we'll cut you a deal. I'm not even you, sure he's a licensed lawyer. I need to look sign, that up. You sign, then talk. That's crazy. So once you talk, they're like, well, thanks. What is this like the wild, wild west where you give someone a handshake with the fuck? Kind oh of contract God. is that we don't we don't do contracts with handshakes anymore. We do contracts with pen and paper, but no one deserves to be fucked like this more than Nick. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't feel bad for Nick either, because, again, your parents tried to get you a good lawyer. Yep. And you said for yourself, you didn't care about his qualifications. And there you go. There you go. That's what you get, buddy. Yeah. You didn't use yourself that you didn't care. You just wanted someone to look flashy. And usually people who look flashy are not really having any substance whatsoever. You want you want the fat guy who's probably had a whole bunch of like food because he eats in his car because he's just working on fucking cases all the time. He doesn't have time for a healthy meal plan. Yep. Okay. And every time they show them like coming out of court and there's paparazzi, Sean is looking at those cameras like, hey, hey, hey. He's not a lawyer. I don't know where he got his law degree. I would seriously like to. I don't believe that. I do not believe he passed the bar in California. (laughs) Like, no, no, couldn't Mm. couldn't have. No. So Alexis is at the Van Nuys Police Department. That's where she's being held. And Tess and Gabby are outside being hounded by TMZ. And the producers are like, I don't know who was tipping off TMZ. But Andrea is like, I'm pretty sure the production crew called the paparazzi. Uh, Andrea knew that so they weren't sure if they if the if this was going to ruin the chances of the show. But until they knew for sure the show was going to be canceled, Andrea knew that Alexis coming out of jail was a very important scene. So Alexis had never dealt with paparazzi like this. So she describes the scene as just pure and utter chaos. I can only imagine like the way that looked just looked awful. Yeah. And this was the beginning of the media calling her the face of the bling ring, Mm -hmm. which, of course, you can't really like live that down. Right. Like even though she only committed one robbery, it's like now you look like the mastermind behind it. Yeah. I mean, in even in the documentaries that I've watched and like the the both of the movies, it does because she is such a character, they do make her more essential to the plot of it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's clear that it's Nick and Rachel that are the the people who started it. But like she seems much more involved with like multiple houses in the movies versions. You know, that's where they took some creative liberties there. She's not going to just have Emma Watson come in for like one little scene and leave. Yeah. But um, yeah. And he, she has the it factor. What can we say? What can we say? It was it was a much more interesting story when to me when I thought she was much more involved. Right. Yeah. Well, a leading like a heroine is much more interesting than. A bad guy, you know, we, yeah. women just make more interesting, like sexy bad guys. I wish we got more Rachel, but Rachel is. That's why I feel like Rachel would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for like Nick, Nick. Like, I feel like Rachel is like pissed because she's like, she's like, I was living a quiet life in Las Vegas with my dad. I was retired. Yeah. With my riches. It was we were I knew how to do it, Nick. Yeah. So the next day, the producers told them that they needed to shoot that arrest scene. They needed to capture it. So they had to, like, recreate it. So it's a producer outside banging on the door. 
And when they ask the producers how they covered that scene, they just laugh and say, like, we don't remember. And Alexis talks about how just like utterly traumatizing that was to have to recreate it. Yeah, because you said it was like barely like was it a day or two yeah. like after she just like got out of jail? Like she's like, I'm being told to recreate the most the worst moment of my life right now. And I have yeah. not processed pro- it. Process. Yeah. And so producer- and her mom allowed that again. Well, guys, that's remember that. The producer of the doc goes, hey, Andrea, was there ever a conversation about whether or not to go forward with the show? And Andrea goes, once the network greenlit it, it was just, okay, here we go. And then she does this really scary smirk. Like, isn't that cute? Oh my gosh. I'm glad you pointed that out because they lingered on it on purpose, of course. I know. Because it was like, she was so proud of herself. And then it gets that uncomfortable thing where we're like, she like, I feel like she like realizes like, is this like, no, it's, Am I the alone or am I alone in my thoughts? <laughs> like, yeah, no. Um, so the investigators use social media to connect all the suspects to the stolen items because, you know, they were posing with all of them. Mm-hmm. And fucking Nick is sending them the investigators photos of all the girls. He I mean, he was desperate at that point. He's like, I have no immunity deal and I am trying my best to be a cooperative so I don't go to jail for the rest of my life. Because, again, math, all of the counts, it would be a long time. It would be a very long time. He was facing like over 50 years. Yeah, it's insane. And so but now Pretty Wild is up and running and they show the clip of, of Alexis like trying on sunglasses. And she's like, these are perfect to hide from the paparazzi. And we find out that the day after she was released, the show was greenlit. That's crazy. Um, the mean, producers. The, how could you not greenlit something like that? The right? biggest, the biggest bling rings. It's in, got everything. It's it's I mean, I remember when that all this was breaking out and that is why I ended up watching Pretty Wild. I was like, I have to see this shit. It's it had everything you could want. And I was under the impression that they got the show because of the court case, Mm. but I had no idea that they were in talks to do this. And it just so happened to all fall in place at the same time. Right. What, 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 what are the chances? Right. And so the producers are like, you know, we finally got like the framework for the show and the producers of the, the doc are like, so what was that? And they're like the trial. (laughs) And so now we meet Jeff and Susan, who are Alexis's attorneys. And Susan's like, I did not like that we were filming, that they were filming a reality show. And while we were in the middle of about to go to trial and Jeff is like, my experience was a little different. At the time, I would say I was pretty ambitious. And he he played along. The producers asked him to shoot a scene where he was telling Alexis what to wear to court. And he was more than happy to participate. And um, it was unheard of because one of the, the deputy, the deputy D.A. says that for the first time in her career, there was a request to mic record the preliminary hearing, uh, which is she's like, that's just unusual. And so we see the preliminary here. I I just watched the episode. You see the full preliminary hearing, which even I was like, is this real? I forgot that we saw it. Yeah. And um, it's it, you see them submitting a motion to dismiss, which I think is like standard practice. I Absolutely. think that's what every lawyer does um, due to insufficient evidence. But um, they said, sorry, no, 
And the bling ring court cases were huge. I mean, these are you have celebrities, you have good, you have blingy stuff like you have youths. You have, <laughs> you know, it's like you've got all the things that make a, an amazing media story. So they're covering it. Um, Emily, living your whole life here in L.A., do you remember this court case in real time? Oh, like, yeah. Was it a bit? OK, so this was like. But here's so my life living in Los Angeles, I was not, like as much as I wanted to be an actor for a period of time, I it wasn't, I never was enamored. Like I'm not a Paris Hilton person. Right. So like this, I didn't, I was like, okay, whatever. Like what losers wanted to be like wearing her shit that uh-huh, bad. Uh-huh. So I was never like, I have to see what happens to them. I was like, I could not really care less, but Got I remember it. it being a big deal. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't to me, it wasn't a big deal, but I remember it being a big deal. Wow. Does that make sense? That made sense. Yeah. That made sense. Um, but you know, that attorney Jeff, he loved the attention. He certainly did. That's crazy to me. I know. Doesn't that kind of sound like creepy and he is creepy? Well, yes, creepy, but isn't that, um, a conflict of interest? Yeah. Or like, you know how, like, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, like how sometimes people can get like a new, if they did get convicted of something and it was like found out that their lawyer, like mishandled their case like they can get a new trial or something like I feel like that but she settled oh yeah that's true that she did settle but like I just feel like that could have been something that I just feel like that was crazy what he did like he yeah his involvement in manipulation seemed very unethical absolutely I guess that's the word I'm looking for like I feel like they have rules as lawyers I feel like he broke a lot of them uh, like the oh yeah um so Sean Nick's lawyer is talking to the press and he's trying to spin the narrative that Nick was not the ringleader. And Christine described, Christine's the other um, DA. She's describing the other girls like, um, like uh, Rachel and uh, whoever the other one, Courtney. We didn't really meet Courtney. So I was confused by like, she suddenly charged in a part of it. And I'm like, who's Courtney from the first, that was the first one that they, first per, the first per, first out, friend they brought yeah the first, house. yeah the first but we didn't outsider. really like meet her so i was like i, don't I know i feel bad for courtney because i feel like courtney was like just in the car and they were like we're about to rob a house and then she was there yeah. that's what i feel like what, what happened to courtney that's my yeah. truth that's my truth but they but they but they're all she's like they were just like so bored with this whole thing that was like their that was their vibe but they were like oh my god this is so boring <laughs> got it um, but the thing is, the thing that made this interesting was obviously Alexis Nyers because she has a goddamn reality show. I don't remember her doing this, but she's posing at one point because she has paparazzi following her with that like county jail shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You know, uh, a pro- you know, a producer handed them those shirts and said, you ne- look at this, guys, like. It'd be so great for the show. Like, I'm sure I couldn't tell if they were filming the reality show, if they were just like out and paparazzi was stalking them. Mm, I just assumed that that whole time they were filming. So I don't know. I don't know. But at this point, they were being stalked by paparazzi everywhere they went, which, of course, they used to their favor. Um, But then she's showing up to court. This is where it became like, this is Jen Shaw. This is Erica Jane. It was like, Mm -hmm. she's showing up to court with a reality TV crew. And I'm like, imagining this happening to Jen Shaw. Um, And then Jeff 
presents Alexis with the Vanity Fair piece. And now we have like history in the making. Oh, God, it's the <sighs> best episode of Pretty Wild. It is. So the reporter agrees to be filmed on Pretty Wild. Um, and Nancy Joe Sales does this interview. And it's a, you know, this is a big deal. Alexis was excited. This is a publication different than P- TMZ. It's like all the other celebrities it, she admires. Is that's a legit, I mean, that's vanity a legit fair. Vanity fair. And also like, I can understand in her teenage mind why she wouldn't have any like hesitation to do Vanity Fair. Like, obviously it's Vanity Fair. It's a huge publication, but also it's not TMZ is not sleazy. So she probably felt like it would be much more accurate reporting and they wouldn't be like sleazy about it. You know what I mean? Like they would really be taking it seriously, doing having some journalistic integrity, if you will. The problem is she didn't see herself for who she really was at that time. Right. And, a, and someone like Nancy Joe from Vanity Fair is not going to hear what Alexis was saying and be like, hmm, you sound like a it's she still sounded like a fame obsessed. Girl, and that's why your parent needs to be able to step in and make those decisions for you in in a way that is beneficial for you and not beneficial for them. And if her mom was being a mom, she would have never let that interview happen. Mm -hmm. But her mom is also delusional or more delusional. How about that? And her mom was like, she's going to think we're great because her mom thinks that they're great. But there's what did her mom say earlier? No, this wasn't about fame. It was about doing what I love, which is being on camera. It's like you don't hear yourself. Yeah. You don't hear that you sound fame hungry and crazy. So. So. Amber, the producer, gets a copy of Vanity Fair, reads it. She's like, oh, they're not going to like this. So she puts it in the mailbox and we get the infamous scene. Alexis reads it and it is not great. And the title of it is the the suspects ward Louboutins. And it's Nyers arrive at the courthouse in a tweed miniskirt, pink sweater and six inch Louboutin heels. <laughs> and it becomes I wore brown kitten heels. And this. So if you haven't seen this scene, it's it's iconic. It's iconic. You must most likely you've seen it like out of context and didn't know like what, you, what you've what, probably what, seen it and been like, what is this from? Now, um, you know, now, you know, I am so happy that this is getting a re- a, a revival, revival yeah. because I have just been alone. No, I had one other friend that watched it with me um, that we this is when we were living in New York. So we watched this show together um, all the time. And we bring up that scene all the time because it is that conversation like you couldn't have scripted that like it was chaotic. It was wild. It was like how did they get that like producers are producing up in here and yeah and then now we know how they got it oh yeah jennifer's like i was watching on the monitors and i was like this is reality gold well the thing is she's the one who told her to call nancy so it wasn't like alexis and her mom were like oh we're gonna call up nancy joe and tell him off there was a sneaky little producer in the back saying knowing how they are because they've been with them for a bit of time now and knew all they had to do is say, that is terrible. We were here. That was not how the interview went really like gassing them up. You know what? 
that they can't print bad things. They're going to have to make a retraction. If like we have the footage, call them up, call them up. Yeah. And that's all they had to say. And then Andrea can't help herself. She's screaming into the phone too. But Alexis keeps having to do that thing because what do you hit like three to cancel and re-record? Yeah, you hit, you know, you hit um, star because I used to do this all the time. Star, yeah. And then you get to re-record. It's like one to re-record, two to play it back, but three to send the message. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So she keeps having to re-record it. She's like, Mom, every time you interrupt me, I have to start over. (laughs) Hi. Nancy show. This is Alexis Nyers. And I'm very <laughs> You said I was wearing a tweed me skirt with six inch women's pants. When I was not, I was wearing brown. <laughs> like, nah. I think I I think I reenact that scene like once a year. Like that was really out. good. <laughs> Uh, Alexis now though she goes this is a sexist hit piece you didn't see the same reporting for Nick <laughs> I don't know if I buy that because Nick didn't really even get any reporting I think and it's so funny because for Nick he was like and I didn't even get an opportunity for Vanity Fair like that's yeah like, like I didn't even get to be a have a reality show like yeah all the things that she's like I mean that's just like crazy it's like he even if he got a bad Vanity Fair article, he would have, he would have loved been it. so happy to have just said, look at my Vanity Fair article. Mm-hmm. All, all publicity is good publicity. And anybody famous knows that. Yeah. That so would have been his energy. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, I wish I had a Vanity Fair article that was sexist and a hit piece. So Nick is pissed that he wasn't a part of Pretty Wild. And he yeah. loves the paparazzi following him. And at one point he's talking to the press and there's a woman behind him with her face blurred out. I swear that's his mom. Oh, I'm sure it is. I swear it is. He would call the press on himself. Yeah. On himself. And that's very common practice here in L.A. And Kim Kardashian herself has admitted openly that she she would do that all the time in the very beginning of her career. Yep. And I think that she was following the blueprint. And all the networks are approaching Sean, his lawyer, asking Nick to do an interview. But Sean's like, you know, no. But Nick's like, fuck you. I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> she, he was like, oh, Vanity Fair. Good morning, America. Here I fucking come. Yep. And that's Sean goes. This is when I realized good morning, America is when I realized I had lost control of my client. But Nick is like, yeah. That whole immunity disaster is when I realized I needed to end my time with Sean. So through ABC, I secured a fee and I got a new attorney. So a candem. <laughs> I just love the different versions of the same events from everybody in this from documentary. Everybody. I don't think I've ever seen a documentary with such contradicting points of views. Agreed. Honestly, I think in the history of my documentary viewing experience, I've it's, never seen more contradictions. Yeah. Like, it's not to say that it doesn't happen, but into to the extent like I yeah. we I've we were on episode three and I have three different versions of events. Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, so now Alexis is using heroin and Andrea is aware of it. The producers claim they're not aware of it. They're like, he would have shut it down so fast. Lying ass bitches. Yeah. Because Andrea agrees to partake in the finding the pills scene. 
and has the whole fake like intervention. Alexis go. Alexis is like, what's the problem? And, it, and Andrea goes, you're a drug addict. And Alexis is like, oh, I'm a drug addict and like storms out. And Alexis now in modern times, she's like, I realized then I could not trust anybody. So the reason they had to set that scene up is they had to address why Alexis was like falling asleep all the time. Mm -hmm. And so they're like, mm, what can we do? Let's make it pills because pills are more acceptable. Yeah. Like we can't like heroin is too hard for a e audience. Like we're not yeah. like freaking can't go there. Like, no, we need to make it a little more palatable. Mm hmm. So that's and her mom was willing to do that because her mom was like, we can't lose this money. That's insane. I, again, like she's always putting the show, putting the money, putting the fame before their health. And it's where's and, their dad and, and their mental health. I thought that the whole time. Where the hell is their dad? I thought that the whole time. It just seems like maybe the guy just was like, it's just one of those dads that was probably like, I mean, I send the what I am supposed to send for their uh, child's child support. And that's it. That's probably the type of dad he is like, he they don't even mention like, him because they probably don't have a relationship with him. It's probably a check, a check relationship. He sends the check and then the check clears and that's how they live. That's probably the income that they've been living off of. Wow. It's the child support. Wow. Um, this is really sad because Jeff. Alexis's attorney is willing to do a completely staged scene about there being good news. It's a very bad scene. And Alexis didn't know it was fake, but Jeff did. That was the part where I was where I thought he crossed a line with his client because it's like, it's, can you do that? I, right. Like that's I'm like, did he not break some type of like, is it some moral of, code? Yeah. Like they have fucking rules. Like that you could get disbarred for thing. I feel like could you not get disbarred for something like that? I agree. Misleading your client. Right. I don't know. That seems crazy. I don't know. I wouldn't even I don't know if I would have admitted that <laughs> if I was and him because it gave Alexis a glimmer of hope. Like she genuinely thought she was in the clear. And that makes a lot more sense now, knowing that like her so little involvement in it, which like back then watching the show, I'm like, what? Like all of this and like she's just like not going to get in trouble. I'm like that doesn't make any sense. But in her head, she's like, well, I know how much I was involved. So this is making sense that I would probably just get a slap on the wrist like probation. Yeah. But it turns out Orlando Bloom is going to testify on the stand. Oof. And that is like, uh oh, that means that most likely the jury will. Oh, side that's with that's an odd. Bloom. You don't even need to go to trial. That's automatic guilt. Guilty. Yep. You're gonna get guilty as soon as, as soon as they see Orlando Bloom's Pirate of the Caribbean ass on that fucking stand. Yeah, you're done. You're done. So they were offered a plea deal of six months at Linwood, and Jeff does this like weird dramatic thing. He's like, "Do you imagine as an attorney that they're gonna say that investigators were wrong and your client is innocent and all of that?" Well, it doesn't always happen like that. It's like all of this just to say we took a better like it's a, it's totally fine that you took the plea deal. She committed a crime. Yeah, it's OK. Um, And so she she pled no contest to avoid going to trial. That that to me seems normal. I mean, I honestly as much as uh, what's the lawyers, her lawyer name is Jeff. Is that mm -hmm. as much as Jeff pisses me off, pissed me off. That was the best decision that they made was 
that deal. She would have 100 percent been found guilty if they went to trial. Yeah. You you broke into a house, stole items. And yeah. Hi. It doesn't matter if it was like I literally it doesn't even matter if she didn't steal anything. The fact that she went in that house is she's just done for. Yeah. So Pia and I recorded this last night and something I thought about last night uh, after I like pondered a bit and walked away from the recap. And I thought of something in terms of, so Alexis took a plea deal for six months. I believe it was six months uh, in at Linwood Correctional. It's interesting that they never took the defense, never took the angle of Alexis has a drug problem and needs to get sober. And so she could she could have taken like mandatory treatment. I'm sure they would have like done like, okay a mandatory three months treatment. But because she was doing the show and her mom would have never let her not do the show. I feel like she couldn't. Do that. I feel like she couldn't go that route because she had to maintain the lifestyle of party girl. So she couldn't be sober. I mean, not like going into prison, you have to sober up. I just feel like they could have totally used that angle. It's courts are so much more lenient on people who are doing drugs and want to change their life around and get sober. And she's like, I mean, not like the lawyers did a good job, period. But it's interesting they didn't even choose that route. I was in a two-on-two on the uptown. You know what suffered, don't you? Order who made you. She's like, I mean, my addiction was crazy, and I just wanted to die. And they, sh- she was in the jumpsuit and shackles. Like, she was chained up. Did they need to do that? Was that necessary? Come on, guys. I mean, n- because we, we know her to a dis- to a certain extent. No, I don't think it's necessary. But like, again, thinking about like, I guess once they put all those like jail time things, all of the crimes, and I know she was only really in one of them. It's just like they committed some like high roller, like crime for these like little teenagers, like also insane. Yeah. But also she's only charged for like one of them. I still thought it was a little extra, but maybe she was in maybe a danger to herself. Maybe she was because she was she's probably detoxing. I'm sure they had a bias towards her because like even though she's just like in this one part, like really, they're still thinking they're still lumping her in with the whole thing. You're right. You're right. All right. Somewhere outside of L.A., we meet Marcus, the new attorney and in, in small writing, it says also now an inventor. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Marcus. I am, too. It's like oh. the most legit out of everybody we've seen. Obsessed with Marcus. Want to hang out with him. Um, he sees that the defense in this is that these are just kids trying to get attention. And it's like, he's, it's not like anything more than that. And the people that are left are Nick, Rachel, Courtney, Diana, and Roy Lopez Jr. And he's like, Hey guys, Nick is willing to testify. Gross. Nick is so gross. Christine is offering him two years for his cooperation against the defendants. I just like he's so he's just willing to throw people under the bus. Oh, absolutely. It's just gross. Also, so, guys, if you're going to commit crime, know who you're doing crime with. 
are, is that is that person going to roll over once once it gets hot? And doesn't he look like a rat? Doesn't his face look I like, like a rat? That kind of Rachel. looks rat like. Yeah, that was Rachel's first mistake is Ra- trusting his ass. Yep. He Rachel, just looks like someone who would roll over on you. Rachel looked like she was a vault. She was saying nothing. Totally. She mm. she was saying nothing. Like you said, she was in Vegas chilling. But he mm. had to. Mm-mm. So Rachel had pled. She pleaded no contest to the burglary of Adrena Adrena's home. She was sentenced to four years in state prison. Damn. Right before um, Nick was going to settle uh, right before right before the case was going to settle everything. (laughs) This is so fucked up. Christine says that they found out that Brett Goodkey, who was the investigating officer on the case, was acting in Sofia Coppola's movie. (laughs) <laughs> what I mean, how can how could he have done that? So I they feel like no, like I feel like no one was following any of their like duties. Like yeah, you're right? just breaking all of like the protocols and no one cared in this case. Like I didn't understand that. Like in what in any way could you be participating in an open active trial? Case? Like what? You can't act in a movie about it. I wanted so, to know. I was curious to know if he got fired. Like from the from the from the force. Yeah. Like, can't like can you get fired for that? Right. I mean, you've like they had to get they had to basically then because they, they couldn't go to trial because immediately the defense would be like, hi. So all of their findings are completely invalid because this guy was in that movie. So they're like, oh, yeah, fair. So they can't go to trial. They have to settle everything. They have to just let everybody plead out. So. Here we go. So Courtney Ames pleaded no contest to receiving stolen properties. So she ends up getting three years probation and 60 days community service. Diana, she pleads no contest to the burglary of Lindsay Lohan's home. She gets probation, 60 days community service. Thankfully, Roy Lopez Jr., he he gets three years probation. I was so happy he didn't get a lot. Nick pleaded no contest to burglarizing the homes of Lindsay Lohan and Audrina Patridge. He was sentenced to two years in state prison, but only served one year in county jail. And here is how Nick. I just didn't believe a word that came out of his mouth. He goes, I know we did these horrible things and there are these victims and I deeply do regret those things. But for me personally, um, I would just have to say, no matter how badly you want to fit in, a good sense of self does not come from material possessions. I believed nothing that came out of his mouth. Oh, he rehearsed that. That was and he didn't even do a good job of delivering it when the way he said, and there are these victims. It's like he didn't. And there are these victims. I know there are these victims. Yeah, like it's still supposedly like, it's like air quotes victim victim. Oh. It's very Erica Jane. I have a victim. Like, like, are they victims? Oh, I mean, like that's like who's that's really the energy. a victim. Yeah, They're like, fine. I only care about myself. <laughs> he really has learned nothing. He says, "I and I deeply do regret those things." It's still like it's far away from him. Yeah, those things over there. And then, but for me, um, personally, I would just have to say, um. I don't buy it. If you want to fit in, no one is listening to you, Nick, for advice on how to fit in. Just no one's worried about 
getting their sense of self from you. Right, bro. So Alexis served 32 days of a six month county jail sentence for burglarizing the home of Orlando Bloom. But then she was subsequently ordered to complete a want to complete one year of residential treatment at Soba Recovery Center for probation violations, including being found in possession of heroin. So obviously, when she got out of that 32 days of county jail, they were like, hey, you have heroin on you. So she was. So Alexis says. Burglarizing a home is obviously not okay. But what drove us in part was this societal pressure to be a certain way. This narrative that we were these celebrity crazed, self-obsessed teenagers absolutely relieves any onus on the culture and the society that created that obsession in the first place. I would have preferred her say something more about like her mom or something here, because like Mm -hmm. I grew up in the same culture. And I, I just, it just didn't hit me the same way, but her mom clearly was so obsessed with it. I don't know. I don't really like that. She kind of tries to put it all on like society. I feel like she said what she thought people wanted to hear, but she didn't say what she actually felt. And I feel like totally. Yeah, that was exactly, that was what it was. I was like, something doesn't feel right about this. Yeah. Didn't feel authentic. Mm-hmm. So then we get the 2013 Bling Ring premiere. And <laughs> Marcus, I love this guy. He's like, you know, Paris is exactly like Nick and the kids. And he's and, <laughs> so Paris is like interviewed on the red carpet. And she's like, yeah, I just wanted to like bring awareness, you know, because like the culture like needs change. People need to have other things to aspire to. This is laughable. Paris created this culture. She like invented it. She's the first one to do it, really. But this is the issue. Like, even with that, she had she did it within privilege. She had a Hilton name like she walked one day. She woke up and said, I want to be super famous. And she was able to do it without any problems. These kids didn't have that. And they had to create it and they created it through crime. Um, so she is, it's just, she's on a different level and she is, she doesn't understand, Paris doesn't understand that like when she did all of this, she did it with such help that kids think that they can still get the same type of lifestyle that she had, but they don't understand that it's like imp- like the probability of that is just well now with TikTok maybe easier, but at that time, how are you doing that? Like the fact that she's like, I want to bring awareness to it. It's like, well, you're not the one to do that. Like then you stop being famous. Yeah, that's literally the only way. Like then you, you made stop. you made this lifestyle cool. Yeah, not to say that that makes it okay for people to go and rob people. That's not what we're saying, but to not really have the wherewithal to like take a step back and see what you've contributed to this culture is a little um, naive. Yeah, exactly. But then Marcus has this like cool monologue with like the message about how like we will soon not be defined by who we are, but who we think we have to be. And I'm like, we kind of already are there. Um, 
And then he ends it. He's like, and now through this film, you've given them exactly what they wanted back then. Definitely for Nick. Nick was Nick was obsessed with this, having done this film. Absolutely. And then he get, and then he reflects even further. He goes, I mean, look at me. I'm here talking to the cameras. I may be looking for it, too. I stand Marcus. I want to hang out with Marcus. He was like the best part of the entire documentary. And I wish I had more of him. I want because, more Marcus because it's like he's 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 so good at like self-reflecting in the moment because yes. he's like he's saying these things and somebody on the internet could be like, well, what about him? And he's in he in the moment is like, but like, look at me like it's like. We all want like like it's like I I yeah I stand on Marcus. He needs like a YouTube channel and he can just like hop on there and pop over, pop some wisdom on us. I love him. Yeah. Um, I I, I feel like he got out of the law business because he was probably like, yeah, this is too bad for me. Like I can't. <laughs> you have to be like a certain like person to like on the level that he was probably or the type of lawyer he was to like be successful. He has to be like the guy who like got got uh, Nick the original bad deal because there was no deal. That was how yeah. bad the deal was. It was no bad deal. It was a fake deal. There was zero deal. No deal. Um, so Nick is currently applying for a certificate of rehabilitation and a governor's pardon. No, no. If I was the governor and I watched this documentary, I said I would have say immediate no, because you have learned no lesson. You've not rehabilitated. Um, he Alexis, runs, maybe I sure. might I might consider it with Alexis yeah. with further interviews. <laughs> yeah, he now runs an online business with his husband of five years. Sounds like Question- a Ponzi scheme. Questionable. Yeah, I'm like, what business? What like- business? What do we think? I feel like it's pure, pure scam. Oh, I don't think he's ever stopped scamming. Never. A hundred percent. No. Alexis has been sober 11 years. She has two children and works as an advocate for people recovering from substance misuse. And I don't know if that's like the new way we're calling. I know I, maybe we're not saying substance abuse anymore. Maybe we were saying substance misuse. It's like some substances, substances are fun and <laughs> under the right guidance. Right. Totally. Fine. Um, OK, so. I did get some tea about Alexis. Did you know about her? And Bronwyn's ex? No. Okay. So, okay. So this is the tea. Shout out to my friend Sarah on IG. She's the one who gave me all this tea. Thank you, Sarah. Alexis is sober like Bronwyn. So she went on her podcast when Bronwyn and her girl were still together. The podcast went well and they stayed friendly for a while. Alexis and Bronwyn did. Okay. Fast forward a few months. Alexis, married, two kids, pops out on Instagram with Bronwyn's girlfriend. And Bronwyn unfollowed Alexis. So it seems that either Bronwyn and the girlfriend had already broken up. And and Alexis started dating here or Alexis is the reason why they broke up. Yeah. Alexis all of a sudden became, quote, or in her mind, the authority on polyamorous relationships. Anyways, that was a bit ago and I haven't kept up with their relationship, but I think they're broken up now. So it, that when the polyamorous part comes into play, it sounds as if Bronwyn and her girlfriend were in an open or, mm. or, or they were open to other partners. And maybe they let Alexis in and Alexis maybe infiltrated that 
situation mm-hmm. and maybe problem would kind of got iced out a bit. That's that's the version I'm running with in my head. All right. It's it's very murky, clearly, and no one's like made a comment on it. So. It's a mess. Yeah. Tess, just as you know, she doesn't agree with this coming out. She liked multiple comments saying that Alexis and her mom took her in and exploited her for the show. She also said in a comment herself that, quote, Alexis has been using my story as a reference point for years and that, quote, it's sickening and disgusting. The only thing I have to say about that, like, I know I I kind of feel like Tess is trying too hard to pretend it never happened. Like Alexis, if she tells her like Tess is a part of it. Yeah, that's the thing is I what I don't know what's going on in Tess's like life and her journey and and her. Uh. how she's dealt with what happened, but like you were a part of it. You're just lucky you didn't end up going to Orlando Bloom's house that night. And that's the only reason you didn't get criminal charges because you were doing just as much as Alexis was doing with the exception of going to Orlando Bloom's home. Like you could have like in the sense of like, I don't think that she just like she could have easily gone there. It just happened. She wasn't in the in the right place at the right time for them to ask her to go. But um, I do I did I do agree with her on the bit that uh, she was used by the mom. Me and too. I felt like that um, that the mom like I'm not saying that she didn't take her in initially, you know, to help her out. But like she was she, on the show, she made it seem like she was like, you know, always there for her and all this stuff. But like she was kicking her out of the house here and there. They didn't really capture that. She just made it. They made it seem like she was doing such a great thing for this uh, girl who needed help. And it was for the show to for appearances. So I agree with that portion of it. Yeah, I remember on the show when uh, there's a whole scene where Andrea Andrea is like, your mom wants to reach out to you. Your mom wants to talk to you. Blah, 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 blah. I wouldn't be surprised if that was all completely fake. Oh, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that it was for just sure. So that, just so that she could say, you know, Tessa's mom just wasn't fit to be a parent at that time. So I took her in and yeah. I was her mom just so that she had an opportunity to say that. Yeah. Like she made it seem like Tess was an actual daughter to her. Yeah. But I feel like when cameras were down, that dynamic was not there. Like you she was reminded that you're a guest in this home, that yeah. you're not my child and you can yeah. be kicked out if you don't fall fall in line to all the things like if you don't get a job and exploit yourself. Mm-hmm. then you're not coming back here. And guess I, what Andrea is doing now, though? Did you see that? Yeah, I did. She's a professional certified life coach. And she's working on a book and a YouTube channel dedicated to healing fractured relationships and family systems. This is exactly why gurus and self-help people, you have to vet them so- it is a tricky, like the self-help genre is very scammy. Very scammy. And it's not to say that that there's not legitimate people that are in this market, but they're so oversaturated with people who, because people so desperately want to be fixed mm-hmm. and fixed fast, mm-hmm. like faster than therapy will mm-hmm. fix you. Th- therapy is a lifelong process sometimes or most times for people. And these like they and I do believe there are people out there that can give you an alternative route of uh, mental health um, enhancement. But there's so many people who are like manip like 
exploit people's like need to like self-improve and then they like latch on and they drain them for all their money and they are left fu- more fucked. Um, also, what was a restitution for all of oh, this? Because just because you don't go to jail or you get probation or you get very limited sentence, you still have to pay that back. That's a good point. They didn't put any of that. Uh, they didn't include any of that. And then how did they pay that back? And are Ooh. they still paying it back? These are the questions. I and have. also, why does why does it seem like Nick is living a nice, comfortable life? That's also a problem for me, too. That's why because that's what that is what made me think of the restitution in, in, in at all, because I'm like, everyone looks like they're they're living a comfortable. They look, you know, like they look good. And I know that, again, th- there's production and they could have easily. And, and I didn't realize that they were just doing interviews in front of green screens. I thought that. Yeah, I thought Nick was in a nice ass house and I was like, where the fuck does he live? Also, I think that it was really I don't know if anybody else felt like this was inspired by or an homage to. But the way that they ended the documentary with revealing like and this is after our our boy is like giving like the whole monologue about how we're all fame hungry. And as he's like doing that. Uh, we see that everything around us that we've been seeing this entire documentary has been fake in the sense of like where they are, like yep. no one's really where they make it seem like they are. And so you see the green, like the background change to green screen in front of behind, or behind everyone. But that reminded me of how the Hills ended oh. when um, the last episode of the Hills, which is a, a nod to Audrina, I feel like where on the last episode of The Hills, it's, uh, you know, Brody and um, LC driving away or no, no, it's it's Brody driving away from Kristen or something like that. And then there, it, it reveals that they're actually on a back lot and all the props and stuff like that fly away. The green like green screen happens. And this has all been like pretty much they're admitting most of this stuff is super fake and produced. And that is what it reminded me of. And I was like, I feel like this documentary has been really stylized and they mm-hmm. had to. I was like, that was an homage to the last episode of The Hills connecting it back to Audrina. Ooh, way to spot that. <sighs> All right. And I just watched too much reality shows to know. <laughs> it had a lot. No, it was. It, this is why I loved it, because we definitely was. It had a lot of reality TV homages and it had a it had a nice amount of true crime homage like I just I thought it was um I could have done without Josh the realtor segments I didn't need I didn't need his slimy ass popping in the thing is I'm not mad about the segments I'm just I mad. didn't need I, him him if they just, I wish they could recast it with someone else like actually instead of Josh um the other Josh yeah. Other Josh. I would have loved other Josh. Because The thing is, other Josh actually he's a his- real one. Yeah. He's like he grew up here and he really knows the terrain. And like he's like he's pretentious, but. In like a real way, like he's exactly. like, no, like I know, like but he's like, no, Valid, it's fine. Like he would say something yes. like that. He's yeah. Like, Back in the day, like no one would go above uh uh like North Hollywood or whatever. Or go, go to North Hollywood. That was not where it is. But uh, today. You can have real estate anywhere. Yeah, he like, that's just, how he would have done it. The other Josh, this, this Josh they use is ugh, he's just so slimy. But I could also see the other Josh being like, I don't want to do that. 
right? He's like, no, that's lame. Like, I don't want to do the show. And I think I'm selling selling homes. Yeah, <laughs> that was that's my only gripe. Marcus, I need Marcus to. Have a YouTube channel. I know I would like watch him where he where he like invents stuff like he shows us. How yeah, I want to see what stuff. he's tinkering with in his tinkering with tinker with me in my garage. <laughs> yeah. T- t- yeah, I want I want to see. And then and while he's tinkering, he imparts wisdom on us. Yeah, that's what I need from Marcus. Um. All right. All right, guys. Well, let's wrap it up and follow Piaget at Piaget V. I'm going to an event tonight. I'm very nervous. What? what my friend, event? my friend, my friend, Chris, uh, they, he is they have a show called me. Uh, it's a vegan competition cooking show, and he's one of the judges on it. They're premiering it tonight at the Directors Guild of America. Ooh, fancy. And I know. And I'm, I don't like going to events. I don't like getting fancy, but I have like Sam Edelman fancy shoes that I'm wearing. And I'm do, I'm doing press. Don't you love a good press? No, no. Oh, that's just me. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I'm like scared. I have to do like a step and repeat. I'm very nervous. I love a step and repeat. Do you want to go for me? I work, but I would love to actually. I would. I would totally tag along if I could. Oh, I'm so scared. Um, but yeah, I'm going tonight. So I will be doing that. I'll be having anxiety for the next three hours. So. I know you do. You hate this kind of stuff. I hate it. I hate it. First, he was like, do you want to do do you want to do press? And I was like, oh, no, thank you. And he's like, no, Emily, you need to do it. First, he's like, if you mess it up, no one is going to see it. Like, it's not like this is going to be it's like a vegan competition. Cook, no, no one's going to see this stuff. So he's like, it's good practice. But I'm like, well, do I have to? Yes, you do. Just pretend like you're talking to one of us. You're many, many loyal listeners. <laughs> Okay. You're good. No, you're going to be good. You're going to be good. I know you're going to have anxiety. You're going to be, but when you get there, you're going to deliver. I'm so scared. You just have to get there. I think that's my, that's the problem. I just have to like, I don't even want to drive over there. That's what I'm scared about. Have them call you an Uber. So that way they're like, Uber's out there. Can't get that cancellation fee. Uber. (laughs) Hell no. I'm driving myself. Okay. (sighs) I'm so, I hate driving nowadays. Like I, I do. I, I like, I like being in Ubers or like Sean, my boyfriend, to drive me around because I'm also a ba- very bad driver. And <laughs> and I also like I just like to just be on my phone or listening to a podcast. I don't really like I mean, you can listen to a podcast and drive, but I don't know. I just like being driven. No, I get car sick. You do? OK, no. And Uber is always I always seem, seem to get the driver that doesn't know how to drive. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw uh, up. So, no, I need to that drive is, myself. I, just, I also need to have my own vehicle in case I need to flee. <laughs> it's, a, it's a part of the anxiety. Yeah, these are like this is like a major anxiety trigger that I have no. to go like meet multiple people and take pictures. Oh, my God. That the thing is, I have I, I can relate into a, a small way where I always feel anxiety leading up to it. Like I'll make plans with somebody and then I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I don't want to Why do did that. I do that? Why did I plan that? And I have such anxiety and I, and Sean tells me this all the time. He's like, when, when are we going to stop doing this thing where you have extreme anxiety to the point where you take the wait till the last second to get dressed because you really don't want to go. And then you get there and then all of a sudden you're this big personality. And you get all this energy from being there. But the lead up to it is always so dramatic. 
<laughs> it's so true. It's like it's a cycle. <laughs> I call. I think I'm an uh, ex. Int- what's it called? I'm an introvert? introverted extrovert. Extrovert. Yeah, that's me too. But I, I'm, I'm even. I'm still borderline on the extrovert. Yeah, I feel like you're. But I think yeah, I feel like you're more extrovert than introvert. Oh, I'm wait, a, no, wait, I'm an wait, introverted wait. extrovert, but still borderline on that extrovert. Wait, yeah, no, I think I said it backwards. I think you're more introverted than extrovert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like an introverted introvert. Yeah, with a little extrovert. Yeah, I the thing is, I feel like if I know enough, like if I just have like one or two people that are in the room that I know, then my confidence level goes up to a million. Yeah. But if I am going into a situation and I know no one, Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, God, girl. Palms Mm-mm. are sweating. I'm like, I hate small talk. I hate when I get Ugh. on an elevator with someone that I kind of know. And I'm like, this is eternity. <laughs> I, I hate small it. Small talk I hate is my weakness. Small, small. I hate small talk. That is the worst thing that has ever happened. Like, <laughs> I hate small talk. I hate it. I hate it. I'm right there with Hate you. It. I'm right there with you. I don't know what else Can't to say. It. Like I can I can give you like, how are you? And then I'm like, I know, I know that I'm like, what else? And then I'm in my house. Like, what am I supposed to say next? How do I keep the conversation going? The only way that's I guess small talk works for me is if somehow we find something that we're both super passionate about. Like if, yeah, and if like, it's oh, not Bravo, I'm like, I got I know. I was just going to say, like, if someone like says, oh, man, I'm watching the housewives. And I'm like, it's like, oh, I can talk it. about this endlessly. Endlessly. Like, like I like. We're good, like then I feel comfortable, like I, I, I have something to we can stick in and then I'm good. But like, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. but if, if they don't. I don't I'm like, so what else do people talk about? And then I'm like, oh, OK, I'm supposed to ask them about themselves. Like, yeah. So what are you doing? And how is like I'm like, how do I how what are, what are and you then I'm like, and then I'm like, do I a conversation? Ask, and then I'm like, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> Did people like to answer that? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I like the follow. I'm like, do I need a follow up question? I got to be really engaged. And then I also ADD. So then I get spacey and I'm like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah. Like and when they like, answer the when they answer the question you've asked them, you tune out. Yes. Because you're so busy thinking about what the next thing is you're going to ask them. Yeah. And then I just say filler like, hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Totally. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck. Like, there's been times like and this is different. Like, we have great engaging conversations, but there's been times that you talk to me and I was like, I don't know. I don't know what you just said. You're like, we just talked about that. I was like, maybe, maybe we did. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, because sometimes I literally tune out. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that's actually a good reminder, because I need to remember when I do talk to people tonight to listen to their response. Yes. Like when I ask. Oh, hi. What's your name? And they tell me to listen to it. Yeah. And maybe say it out loud. Yeah. Repeat it. Because that's my biggest thing. I repeat hate when it. I, I, I always forget to repeat it. And then I don't know their name. And then and we're friends for five years. And I've never once said their name. Too late. And it's too late to ask them. It's, it's too. It's like, late. how can you not know my name? And we've had many conversations because it's been too weird to ask you what your name is. Mm-hmm. So that's why whenever you're like, hey, P, I'm like, what's up? That's uh-huh. me not knowing your name. Or then you try to like introduce someone else to them, hoping they say their name to them. That's when you, you give the hand gesture of opening up. Yeah, yeah, this is my boyfriend, Sean. And he, yeah. Your turn. Tell you <laughs> tell them name <laughs> and then you do, and then they don't. And they're like, hey, Sean, and you're like. What? <laughs> what? 
who Sean, say Sean knows I'm really bad with names. So he's really good at making sure he like goes in like, hey, what's like my name's Sean. Like, what's your like? And I'm what's like, your so, name? Yeah. Like helping me out. Yeah. Like, like and then you're like, got it. OK, never. And, forget and then I now. still won't remember. And then Sean's like, that's Jonathan. And yeah, I'm yeah. like, you met him once and I've known him for five years and you yeah. remember his name. He's so fucking weird, weirdly good at names and it pisses me off. Yes. Now I need to, that's a, that was a good reminder. I'll, the the one thing I have to do is listen. listen. That is what socializing is actually. I always feel I, I always put pressure on myself that like I have to be the main event, right? Does that it isn't that crazy? You're like you're yeah. like if I don't keep this going, yes. the conversation will die, and it's like that everyone you know, that everyone's waiting for me to show up and me to make it happen, <laughs> but no one like is no one's doing thinking that. that ever. No one is ever thinking that, and it's like why do I feel like I am a, like the entertainment for the night? No one is giving a shit. No. I can show up and actually say two words and the night will still go on. Yeah. And I also can be silent and like not feel like I need to fill up all the those space and just with, with chill with words and just be like, hi. And then I and I can listen to other people. Yeah. And take and it let in. them t- and, and actually them learn about me. them. And yes. format. you know what it is? It's like it's become such a formality. Like, hey, how are you doing? Like, it's like you're not even listening to like what they're actually saying. It's like, OK, then I say this and then mm. I say, have a good day. Yeah, because that like how many times have you say like get like you've you've autopilot said something that doesn't even make sense in context sense. Too much because you and then you you walk away like that didn't that didn't make any sense. That didn't make sense. Why did I say that? And then you think about it forever. Yeah, that's not going to tonight. I'm not going to do that tonight. It's not about that. Genuine, genuine connections and conversations because I'm just there to support my friend. We just made gave you a bonus part of this podcast today. (laughs) Bonus content. I thought I was wrapping it up, but I had to tell Pia that I was going to an event because and then this is what ADD does. You go on tangents (laughs) and I don't even know if we actually realized we were still doing this. Yeah. I think Sorry. we think we I think sometimes because sometimes we'll just talk yeah. after we've ended the yeah. thing yeah. and like and then we'll have another podcast that's never aired. Yeah. But this time I didn't I forgot to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> this time I forgot to say we just started talking about whatever we wanted to talk. Yeah. About. I needed to tell Pia and that we're still doing an it and I'm and still then, doing it. OK, we're, guys, we're in a loop. Like, guys, what is, what's happening? Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> you want to come to work with me? Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash she speaks bravo and buy me a coffee or two or five. Also, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, She Speaks Bravo with Emily Hanks. And if you haven't already, please rate, review and subscribe to the pod. Thank you guys. I'll see you on Instagram or TikTok at She Speaks Bravo. Bye. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.